Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Adventures in the Creative Industries. My name is Eric Ravalia, as usual, your one-man band, and today I am with John Jackson of Pro Beard Oils. This episode is for everybody that wants to start a business as we touch on the nitty-gritty of what it meant for John to start from scratch up until now. Probeard Oils as customers worldwide and it went from three solo beard oils product to a range of beard oils, t-shirts, hats, sunglasses and more. It's interesting to hear how he use endorsements but also how he sponsors a number of athletes and how these athletes grew together with the brand. As usual, we go on one and many tangents. We touch on John's love for racing and mountain biking, on the music. Punk rock is a big, essential part of the vibe of the brand. I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoy making it. And here we go. I'm here with John Jackson. Bro Beard Oil. Yes. Right? Said it correctly. I must have. I've been in Scotland 10 years. If I can't say bra. Bra. Done a good job. Yeah, sort yeah. of. <laughs> so, man, I mean, like, I don't know where to start because, like, I've, I've seen so much about you, read so much about you. Like, you know, I got that, I'm in that position where, as I was saying before, before we started re- recording, that I know too much about you right now. Yeah. So, it's uh, like, it's, I need to make, to make sure that we t- touch on certain things for people that don't know you. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> so, first of all, how I met you and your wife. Saline? Yes. At Creative Mornings. Yes. About December, you did a talk. <laughs> yeah, it was December, I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah. you were wearing a majestic Christmas jumper. That's right. I was wearing my Coconut Scotland You're Christmas right. jumper with a set of balls on the front. Yes. This is a testicular cancer charity. Yeah. Christmas it, show. Which was, it was a pretty, pretty good, pretty good Christmas jumper. It was. It was decent. Not good enough for the crowd, though, because you, you, no, you reached I never, second. I, I never won. No, you didn't get yeah, second, did I? Second, that day. Damn. Damn. It was a good one. Uh-huh. Not good enough. Uh, <laughs> try again next year. Good try. <laughs> <laughs> So I, uh, the first thing I remember, like, cause after the talk, I just stuck around. So I wanted to meet you a bit mm. more and we went for coffee with the Creative Mornings crew. Yes. And it turned out that we live literally one block from each other. Like you're like literally around the uh, corner. I know. I keep telling people that story. <laughs> it's it's crazy. And it's like, the, the thing is, t- the people need to know is like, I live now in a small village outside of Edinburgh mm. it's called Hormiston. And I moved here like about a year and a half ago. And I love it. I love living in the village. It's a such a different lifestyle. Yeah. But you know when people ask you where you're from, yeah, and you have to do the thing where you're like, "Oh, I'm from outside of Edinburgh." It's like, yeah, "Where yeah, are you from?" Ah, yeah. oh, fuck, uh, I'm from East Lothian. Do you yeah, know, you're starting narrowing it uh, down. <laughs> and then it's like, but where? Oh man! And then I go like, "I near Trenent." Do yeah. you know Trenent? Just in the, from Trenent, go towards the, the fields. That's that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, totally. But you have to do that dance because you're not in Edinburgh anymore. So it's yeah. like it's I find it quite funny, quite fascinating. But and so I started doing that dance with you, and, and no, you started doing that dance with me. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And I was like. What? Uh, we're not in the same place. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Eastland. Yeah, <laughs> where are you, brother? Like, oh, do you know Trent? Yeah, it's, I'm in Ormiston. No way. Yeah, like, it was such was a revelation. But actually, what turned out is like, I am the outsider, clearly, because you you grew up just around the corner in McMerry. In McMerry, yeah, that's where I grew up. Which is like a tiny, tiny village. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it's, what, it's 20 probably, houses. It's a bit smaller than Ormiston, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting bigger. It's like Ormiston. There's more houses going in and stuff. It's getting bigger. They're building like crazy yeah. around here. It's yeah. insane. Everywhere. Everywhere. It's nuts. We're going to become part of Edinburgh very soon. <laughs> 20 years time. <laughs> yeah, this will be like... So. You see Trenence expanding as well, man. It's going to end up in Ormiston soon. Yeah, I know. 
It's uh, nuts. A moment of silence for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. against Trinent. <laughs> Just saying. We like the village. Yeah, it's nice to be quite a village, yeah. So how did you end up in Ormiston from McMurray? From uh, literally around the corner? Yeah, so I currently stay in my wife's grandparents' house. Is that what uh, it is? Right. Yeah, my wife spent a lot of time growing up in Ormiston. So it's her grandparents' house. So tell me, did she ever do the Ormiston Gala then, your wife? Did she ever take place? No, she's not taking it. Well, maybe when she was younger, but right. not now. We, we go down and watch it, you know. Yeah, well, it's yeah, the it's only cool. thing that happens in the village. Aye. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so they do this thing, which is quite funny. Um, they, Everybody gets on a, a practically an open what, truck. A truck, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is like a church, big church seat on it. And it's like a bunch of women sit on it and waving. They have the queens from the past and then... The concert as well. Who was the guy? I actually was a concert at McMerry Gala. Were you? Yeah. There you go. Uh, I can't remember what my role was. Like I can't remember what I had to do, but there was a queen there as well. And there was a, yeah. What's this? I, thing I, I remember queen? standing on stage and I had to play a trumpet. <laughs> and uh, okay, wait, 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 wait. Can you play the trumpet? No, 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 no. All oh, right, fine. I was nah, like, well, I was a trumpet. Well, I said, pl- I said, play the trumpet. I had to mime. So yeah, I, 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 got, I got handed this, it's on video somewhere, I got handed this <laughs> trumpet and I'm yeah. standing and there's a guy off stage playing the trumpet right. and I'm obviously miming what he's playing, <laughs> but I put the trumpet down too early. No. <laughs> yeah, man. So and he was still he's going. He's still playing, he's still playing the tune and I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, burr, 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 in the yeah. background and you're like, what's going on? It's here? like my trumpet had trapped air in it, it was still going, it was, uh, it was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's it that was uh pre-beard oil it was oh man i don't know what i'd be 10 years old or something ten years old. so like wait a second so you're saying that she she took place when she was younger but she 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 was she's not on the track like no, I don't when think they so. do I don't because think like so. what they do with this track it just goes around the village and they all wave and there's like sort of like what, what how would you call the like the cars that are in front and behind which is like kind of colorful sort of like carnival style I, it, it used to be a lot bigger deal i remember when i was younger there was a lot more trucks going like, really? you, so you, it wasn't just one big truck no, 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 like <clears throat> uh, you'd have the big truck with the the past queens on it and mm-hmm. the i don't know what it's called <laughs> you have the concert and stuff as well but uh, there used to be loads of trucks and they'd, they'd dress them up in like superheroes or yeah just yes like it's completely random it's a total carnival yeah festival it's, it's so weird it's amazing and like the, the thing is like it just passes in front of my house so Aye, it's just, just it like literally right in front of my house so yeah. like I, 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 I of course i've seen it it's like i'm in the garden that's it it passes I by pass. <laughs> the, the thing i like about the gala though it brings everybody out and it brings the community together 100 the whole yeah. village community the whole village spirit which is, is awesome it's great to see and they have like down in the park they have games Football and yeah, uh, and we gotta say that they just finished up the park in Ormiston. Yeah, it's amazing. There's it people from all over the area, from yeah, Mid Lothian, yeah. East Lothian. It's even from people some from West Lothian eh? that come over I've just got, to play in the park. I've got a lot of friends with kids, and they, they keep saying, "Oh, we're going to Ormiston Park this weekend." Hey, it's, so like, it's, it's amazing. I went to like a bought some because we just recently have a baby. Yeah. which she's away with my, with my wife today that's hence the silence but um so i went to get some like a, a baby sling off a gum tree and the guy was like oh yeah we come to armiston all the time <laughs> I was like what it's amazing man. i had no idea it's so yeah. popular this this park and yeah so the gala they have like old market stalls and they do yes. like homemade stuff and it's all the, the best thing about it is all supported by the community yes and that's like that's like mind-boggling that's it's brilliant. like people just come together they want to have fun so the main reason why yes. we're here is because you are crashing it. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very <laughs> yeah, much for listening. Well. <laughs>
Nah, that's the thing, man. It's like people keep telling me I'm I'm killing it, crushing it, whatever, and uh, it's difficult for me to see because I'm so engrossed in the brand. It's not until you take a step back sometimes. Yeah. And even walking or driving about and walking about in Edinburgh and you see people wearing my hats or wearing my t-shirts. Yeah, tell me about that. Because like, okay, so, right, let's take a step back, right? Yeah. So Bro, okay. Bro Beard Oil started as a beard oil brand. Yes. And we'll tell the story in a moment. But mm-hmm. you started, it was a 2012 Yes, 2012. Where you started making a product, and yeah. then you launched the market, and things went well, And but mm. you, you had a full-time job and all the rest. Yes. But it's only recently that you started, you kind of changed a little bit. So you went from like, you know, beard oil is my main thing, yeah. is my USP, from my beard oil, yes, is my core product, but my USP now is different. It's mm. the brand that is dedicated to mm-hmm. the people that uses the the, the oil. Yes. So that was a big that was a big change into yeah, a big step. how your business works, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know <clears throat> at what point you thought done needed done. Yeah, I couldn't give you a year <laughs> when <laughs> it happened, but it was just it seemed like a transition. It seemed like a natural transition. Um, it seemed like it's probably because I was engrossed in the scene, but it seemed like every man and a dog started making beard oil. It's you know, it's a fairly easy product to make, but it's difficult to make a good one, a decent one. So there was a lot of people making beard oil. And then a lot of the big manufacturers, you know, high street yeah. uh, brands, they got involved. They started making beard oil and beard products, which aren't that good. So <laughs> that was my decision to do to take the brand a slightly different direction, you know, change it, become, make yeah. it a brand that yeah. people... I'm, I'm, I built this community called The Brotherhood, and that's sorry what was it called the brotherhood the brotherhood uh, so it's brotherhood brotherhood yeah. but um so yeah it's just for fans of the products really yeah and it's, i've built this community and it's it's worldwide community now and those guys just love wearing the t-shirts wearing the hats everything they're part of the brand so. they just feel represented exactly that's it and it's I, I want to make something people people feel comfortable with they feel part of a community yeah so. but like you know there's a lot of people <clears throat> there's a lot of marketers are out there that would kill to build something like that, right? Yeah. They try actively to do that, but yeah. some of them manage, you yeah. know, most of them don't. But what was the the key element that you think it worked for you? Just being myself, man. It's like, there was no strategy. I never sat down and came up with a strategy to do it. It was just like, the whole, from the start of the brand, you'll see it in my marketing, I sponsor motorcycle racers, mountain yeah. bikers, MMA stars. That's my background, is combat sports, racing, rock and roll. Um, rock and roll yeah. yeah i mean like music is a big deal oh yeah yeah and that's the thing we talked about last time as well because of the fred darst story that yeah, got yeah. you a little bit of traction yeah which again we'll touch on but i think yeah music is a big deal it is man like, the music rock rock music's a big part of my background what what kind of what were rock music especially it started off punk rock you're right uh, yeah well i started like sex pistols the clash then the american punk rock when i started getting more bmx videos and stuff you get the yeah, because you, you were, uh, yes. That kind of stuff. Like, I remember we talked about Offspring, and I remember you you, you like you were, you were big on punk rock, and like, yeah. I grew up with the same type of music. Yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> when I remember like, when I turned 16, I loved, like, Blink-182, because yeah. they were, like, that kind of vibe at that age, you I know, totally, and yeah. then, like, Offspring, yeah. and then I was lucky enough then my cousin was in a, in a hardcore band that got a little bit of traction back in right. the late 90s, early 2000s, and yeah. I, went, I remember going to his house, and he had, Everything. My had cassettes of Lagwagon. Oh, Lagwagon. You know, uh, yeah, cassettes of Satanic Surfers. Yeah. Had cassettes of like so many punk rock 
um, sort of like that's mostly like West Coast stuff yeah. that I never had access to because yeah. that's before Napster, you know, that's before yeah, totally, you can yeah. download everything you wanted. Yeah. So I remember going to his house and my cousin, his, his uh, sister, which is, she has my, she, she's my age, we just used to listen to all that stuff, you know, yeah. I was getting like educated on all the punk rock stuff. It was out well, there, I had no idea. To, to us, it was new and exciting, eh? It was, <sighs> it was exciting. Like, I remember it was my cousin as well. He gave me some CDs. He gave me The Offspring. Um, so what was your uh, first offspring CD? Smash. Oh, that was that. Stuart gave me that one. Uh, Smash. He gave me Dookie by Green Day. Got a classic there. Lagwagon. What was a lagwagon one? It had a load of rubbish on the front cover. Oh. Like condoms and cigarette packets, and I forget what it's called. No now. idea. Island of Shame was the first song. Um, oh man, I can't remember. But they yeah. gave me those three CDs, and I just listened them over and over and over and over and over. So, yeah, I bought Smash. Uh, but my first CD of that type was No FX. No FX. Maximum Oh, man. Yeah, it was brilliant. I remember being in HMV and uh, I seen it and I thought, right, I need to buy that. That was my first punk rock. Was CD. it? Yeah. That, that you purchased? That I purchased myself, yeah. For me, Offspring was x on the Ombre. Oh, yeah. yeah like, yeah. I remember. Awesome. That's got my favorite song on it. That got the original. Meaning of Life, that is my favorite oh, song. Oh, man. The Meaning of Life is amazing. Yeah. And I remember buying that. I was in Spain with my parents. Right. And we were, we were like doing like a drive, uh, road trip. And we stopped in Barcelona. And I just remember seeing it. And I was like, I think it just came out at the time. And I was like, I am buying that yeah, yeah, right totally. now. Cool album cover as well. Oh, it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, my parents are slightly worried because it's like a crossbone and yeah, totally. <laughs> but it like but i just it was such a big part of me growing up like mm. that music i loved it yeah i was the same man it's because i used to watch a lot of skateboarding videos mountain bike videos bmx and that was always the soundtrack to it, it was so, like yes punk rock. all this yeah, yeah yeah and then i remember when tony oaks pro skater came yeah, out well, yeah that just opened the doors it. as well that's that that's like even more bands you never heard of yeah totally. and again at the time it's not like you could just google there was no Google. There was no Google. Well, <laughs> so you had to Alta Vista punk rock to. and like see what's up there. I remember there was a record shop in Glasgow called Tower Records. Right. And, okay. Uh, we used to go to gigs like punk gigs, but before we'd always go to Tower Records. So it stopped. Just to see what they had. Aye, and you'd walk out with a stack of CDs. That's like, amazing. Was, you just couldn't get them anywhere else. Like HMV uh, had some, but you had, you had like a tiny wee section for punk rock. Which you probably knew by art because you knew all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was all like main street stuff. It's not you could buy less than Jake there, you know. No, no, not at all. You had like like, the big, big guns like uh, Offspring, No FX, yeah, Bad Religion, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm still like surprised how No FX became like mainstream because they were like they were like the most weird band ever. I know. I mean, Fat Mike is just mad. Mental. I know. And it's like, how did they even become uh, mainstream? It's crazy to me. Like, their stories are It's mad. mad. I, I don't know if it's just because they were touring constantly. They're just in people's faces all the time. All the time. And they were making so much music. Huh? I remember they were Constant. coming out a CD, like, what, every every year, if yeah. not less? And, like, it's just nonsense as well. Yeah, just constant making music. And they start to sound the same after a while. But yeah, they were, like, you're like stuff, but it's no effects. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were like, out of 20 songs, there'll be one that he's half a banger yeah, you put totally. that on and you're like that's it yeah. like you know linoleum come up and he's like there oh, you man, go man we're rock and rolling here that's the thing I was I was driving home today for the office and yeah. uh, also it's sun's out it's, like, it's a cracking day so I thought I need kind of some summer type tunes so I put Spotify on and uh, the Men- is it Menzingers Menzingers I, th- I don't know how you pronounce it Menz- Menzingers I think um, I started listening to them they're quite a good a good sound 
But they played a couple of songs and then it came on no effects and it was linoleum. So yeah, yes, I forgot about this tune. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. That's amazing. I was listening to it like two days ago. Um, my wife was at the in-laws and I had to, cl- to, clear, uh, to clean the house. Mm-hmm. So I have a 90s punk rock um, playlist I made on Spotify, yeah, yeah. which I would love to share with you. And now cool, we, we can make it out, you know, we can both yeah. add songs there. And yeah, just all the old bangers, the linoleum was in it. Uh, Listen to it twice. Full volume, I have speakers everywhere in the house, so yeah. it's just rock and roll, baby. Brilliant, I love it. Oh, I love, I love it. it. Yeah, and I've lost a bit of my eardrums to punk rock over the over the years. Same, same. Yeah. I have uh, Titanics. Uh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> me it was. Too. Do you know, like when you're 16 and and people tell you, look, you cannot listen to music this loud yeah. for a long time, yeah, and you just don't care because you're an idiot. <laughs> Mate, I'm the same. I used to play drums, and uh, I've never wear earplugs. Oh, uh, you so, are so crazy, stupid. man. I know, man. I remember like people would tell me, you need to wear earplugs. And I was like, nah, I don't need to wear it. It's just, it's, it's not cool to wear earplugs. And <laughs> it makes a big, it does make a big difference when you're playing. Like earplugs, yeah. it dampens it a lot, which is meant to do. But my ears are goose now. So yeah, I got a young uh, cousin, Ewan, who's in a band. He's he's playing drums. I'm, I'm just drilling into him all the time. It's like, wear earplugs, wear earplugs, wear earplugs. Good, man. So, Ewan, if you're listening, mate, wear, wear, <laughs> wear earplugs. Earplugs, mate. Because yeah, totally. like, Titanus is a pain. Yes, yeah, uh, especially it really when you're lying at night and you just go, ee, man. It's amazing how that noise becomes your best friend. And you just don't mm. need to listen to it. Yeah, you drown it out after a while. Eh? Yeah, but you have to just focus on other stuff. Yeah. Like, it's amazing like, how it comes up the worst when you are tired. Aye. Stressed exactly. and depressed, the and it's like the worst thing. The, the very time you don't want it, it, yeah. it appears. It's amazing. It's like <laughs> you are there sitting, feeling shit, and all of a sudden you hear, oh, man, like, no, I know. Focus on something else. I don't, so, I don't think there's a cure for it either. Is no, there? when I went to the test, the, 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 the nurse was like, no. I'm sorry, man. This is just what it is. This is this is you now. <laughs> yes, it's you. Like you know, they, they they hand you a leaflet. It's like so, like so. You got this thing, and then they give you a leaflet. It's like yeah, read this. This will take your mind you off. Go. And it, like the first thing it says is that it can't be cured. It's just that's it. That's us for the rest of our man. life. And I was like, oh man. Hopefully, sometime though. I don't know. Three three D print. Uh, a new year plug. <laughs> a new year, like it's new a new year canal. I don't know, man. I've I've seen crazy things to do with teeth these days. You know. They, yeah. They, they remove all your teeth they put like nails into your skull oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then install new teeth That's and I was like so yeah okay so punk rock's a big deal yes and I, I bet all your customers they're kind of like into that metal yeah, punk man, rock core that's kind of it. it's um I tried to just be myself through the brand yeah because I found that easy it's just live my lifestyle and I'll attract the right type of people that like that radiate with like that attract to my brand yeah so yeah most of my customers are Bikers, skaters, and the rock music, That's same kind of thing. Yeah, and the, the whole branding's black and white, so it attracts it. Yeah, yeah, that type of people as well, which is good. Yeah, for people listening, because your logo is it's basically it's a skull with a beard. Yeah, and a and a headband. Yeah, exactly. And it's all black it's and white. Screams rock and roll, really. Yeah, man. So okay, so let, let's talk about this. So you talked about you talked about uh, extreme sports because mm-hmm. you used to be a BMX rider, uh, mountain bike rider, mountain bike, race, sorry, yeah. yeah, downhill mountain bikes. Yes, that's the other thing. Downhill. Is that downhill like the one you just launch yourself literally downhill? Hi, uh, there's yeah. <laughs> and it go you go straight line and you either survive or not. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not as mad as well, it's mad, but Because the videos you see they're crazy. You've maybe on YouTube you've maybe seen Red Bull Rampage, which literally is start at the top of a cliff. Yeah. And do some tricks and land at the bottom. 
It's the downhill is not that. Right. You get a lot of downhill riders doing that because they're, they're that good. Okay. But uh, downhill is a track on a hill. You start at the top, race to the bottom over rocks and th- roots and trees. And and that's different jumps. because you don't do the tricks. I don't do the tricks. But no. you still go downhill. You still go down. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, and there's still rocks. There's still rocks. There's yes. Very big rocks. Uh, but yes, you, see, you can get to the bottom in the fastest so, time. So when did you start doing that? Oh, man. Um... I don't know. I've ridden a bike since I was four years old, I think, uh, various forms. Mm-hmm. And I got into racing mountain bikes. I don't know when I got into racing. I was not doing professionally, and it was just a hobby. Okay. It was just for fun. At the weekends, I would race in the Scottish, so the Scottish Championships and club events, that kind of thing. And endurance events was my, <coughs> that's what I enjoyed, was endurance events. So yeah. how how does an endurance event so, work? like? Uh, one of my favourite ones was the Fort William World Cup track. Right. It wasn't a World Cup event, but it was the same track as a World Cup. You race on that, and the time was six hours. So the bait the clock starts at, say, 12 o'clock, mm-hmm. and six hours counts down, and it's just see how many laps you can do off the track in six hours. So you had to cycle up the hill a little bit, and then back down the hill, and that kind of broke the field up. And then you jump on the gondola, which mm-hmm. would take you to the top. And the cycle up the hill initially was just to break the field up because I think there was 132 riders or something. Right. So that'd be one big queue waiting on the gondola at the bottom. It takes forever, yeah. Yeah. So you would cycle up and then to a certain point and then cycle back down and that would break the field up. Okay. And then, yeah, so you just get a gondola at the top, race down to the bottom, gondola at the top, race down at the bottom. Right. Um, and so that. that was a lap every time? Yeah. Yeah. And what so many of these laps you had to do? I think the the record that um, when I was doing, it, I think the record was fifteen laps, which doesn't sound a lot, but it's the uh, World uh, Cup track. It, it's a really hard hard track. The a lap, how long did it last? It depends, man. Like I think the average for us was about six minutes. So that's six but, minutes times fifteen. So that's like an hour and a half of going down at full tilt. Uh, it's bike. it's worth watching on YouTube. Yeah, it uh, sounds like crazy. Fort William yeah. World Cup. I'll, I'll definitely do that. It's, it's insane. But the guys, like the World Cup guys, I don't know what the speed is just now, um, but I think it was down to like four and a half minutes or something, which is a lot to take off a minute and a half hour time. That is like you going full tilt on a bike. Oh, amazing. On a rocky ground downhill. Aye, yeah. It's like if you crash, it's not pretty. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not pretty. So, all right. Okay, so you were like, what, a teenager then at the time? Yeah, I must be in uh, late teens, early twenties. I think when I started. Late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Did you take it? Did you take it like seriously? You know, either you would go out and train every day. Yeah, I, I was. I was training. Um, yeah, I do training. Uh, mountain biking most weekends and in so the gym as well. Did you believe at the time that that could become professional? No, nah, I, I, I never had the the drive like drive for it. I just did liked racing. I didn't like the the like my diet wasn't the best it wasn't bad but like the, the thing is even downhill mountain biking started mm-hmm. you watch it with like steve p and rob warner um which i take are too big two uh, two big names in mountain biking it was in the late 90s i think these guys were racing and partying all the time right i think they practice <coughs> on the saturday go out and get steaming on the saturday night then yeah. race the sunday no way yeah not a chance you'd do that today no man. well it's the whole scene's changed it's like um everybody's athletes now yeah at the top level well, that's because like I, I bet like over the years the level got so so good that people need to like. I, you watch these guys training for the World Cup now, and they are they are at the pinnacle. They're elite athletes. 
Jesus. Like a sponsor, a guy, Brooke McDonald, who is a Kiwi, um, and he was world champion, junior world champion, and that guy's a machine. Like you see him on Instagram, he's on Instagram quite a lot, and he's he's on the turbo trainer, he's hooked up with the the oxygen mask mm-hmm. and the so the, for the testing like that's like I. deep testing for like oh, mate, breathing tissue everything yeah fuck the guy's a machine so nah it was never in my it was never in my head to go professional so what were you doing at the time then were you a uni or uh, no I was I left school and started went straight in a job as a sign writer that's what I done initially um, a sign writer yeah sign writer um no way. And installing graphics, exhibitions and stuff like that. And then I became a graphic design, well, graphic art worker, which I kind of done up until I went full time with Broadbeard. Beard. What were you working as an art worker? What was that, sorry? What were you working as a, as a art worker? Uh, Eastern in Musselboro. Wow. Originally I was at North Cross, which is the McMary. Yeah. Um, they finished up and then I went to Eastern. I think I was at Eastern for 14 years, I think. Wow. Yeah. You must be a pretty good art worker then. Well, well at least you, you, you should know your shit. People think I am. <laughs> you know <laughs> so what it's like yourself. You're never happy though, are you? You're never, never happy. happy. No, you always no. want to make tweaks. So. You always want to make better. Yeah, yeah it's never fair. Like, I drew the logo for Bra and I'm happy with that one. So Right. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Thanks, wait a man. second, wait a second. So, when you were doing sign writing, yeah. were you doing like painting? No, that, I say sign writing. Done a little bit, but majority was uh, cut vinyl. It right, was just okay. called sign writing at the time. Um, it okay. was like the transition from painting to. So you were, were you into typography at the time then? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much into typography were you? I, I touched on it. You know, I was just I was young at the time, and I was what age would it be? Eighteen, something like that, when I first started. So I was just the kind of guy that would watch other people do it and get trained up on the vinyl machine, right? Put prints through rollers, and then uh, go and install graphics at exhibitions and stuff like that. Got you. Yeah. And uh, then they started training me up in Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop and that yeah. kind of stuff. And here we're talking about 18 years ago, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So you were way ahead of the curve. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. 18 years ago would have been like, what, Photoshop 3, Photoshop oh, I mean, 4? Yeah, something like that. Something Look, like it that. was primitive looking back at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's still probably still when they introduced Control Z at the time. You know, you like, go back. Maybe, oh my but, god! I know. <laughs> that's legendary. <laughs> that Jesus Command Christ. Z. Under. Uh, yeah, I was a bit Photoshop three something like that. As uh, I was like Page Maker and stuff like that. Page was, Maker. I think that's gone. My God. I think that's gone now. Wow, that's a different. That's a different time. Okay, that makes sense because that then you did have. A background on yeah. and graphic and creative design and yeah. creative in general yeah. because you've done that job. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so that was not very. That, that wasn't an agency though. That was more like a shop. You would go there and you would ask for their for the help for graphic, or was it more like a sort of a creative agency? It, it was a, an exhibition company. So North Cross were an exhibition company. So they get contracts from big brands that were doing that were going to be exhibitions. So we would. Help design their stand and produce all the graphics Perfect. for so the stands. Do, do they give? Will they give you the graphic, or would you create it from scratch? It's a bit of both, really. Both, to be honest, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they give you the, the artwork, and then sometimes they'd ask for us to create it. So it was cool, good, man. You got to see both sides of it. So yeah, like you had a pretty good job. But did you did you like like honest to God? Did you like your job? Yeah, man, I did. You did. Yeah. So you were not like complaining about oh, no. this is shit, man. I said I don't that. Do like, this. I know what the North Cross. We worked a lot of hours. We worked. 
most weekends as well. Just because really? it, it was really busy. It was a busy, wow. busy place. And I went to Eastern and it was a bit more relaxed there. And uh, you know, you always get the staff who complain about their job. Yeah. But I liked it. I liked I liked the staff, I liked the work. I just got to the stage I couldn't do both. I couldn't do You can do bra and then bra, yeah. <clears throat> so at the time, right, the key the key moment mm-hmm. that brought you to bra was your accident. Yes. So I know you told this story many, many times, but yeah. can you can you touch on it? Yeah, so that was 2011. It was July, I think. Yeah, it was July. And it was that race I was talking about. It was a six-hour endurance yeah. race at Fort William. I had done it once before the, the previous year. And I think... Oh, man, I think I finished, like, 32nd. Out of 130 or something. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, my whole plan was to train hard for the next race, for 2011. Mm-hmm. So I'd been training really hard, and I was up there. Uh, it was two weeks, uh, two weeks to go before the race. Yeah, and it was all. It's always the last run of the day. We'll get one more run in. We'll get one more run. So there was me. My dad was racing as well. He was racing in the vet- veterans category. No way. <laughs> yeah. Man. So your dad is a big mountain biker too, then. Yeah, we used to race uh, motorbikes, and then he done a bit of mountain biking racing as well. No way. So you literally grew up around that stuff. Yeah, totally. I grew up around motorbikes. I was riding a motorbike when I was three. Yeah, my dad wow. stuck me on a motorbike when I was three and I could ride it. No way. Just automatic. So is your dad like sort of a mad lad when, when it comes down to like mountain biking and biking? So. Yeah, I think so. Is he? He's brave, anyway. <laughs> he's, he's bold, he's brave. So It's bold, yeah. is he? <laughs> he's had a few injuries as well right now. Does he? Yeah. Does he bet you're broken back or? No. Nah, nah. You got, you got, <laughs> you're on top there. I got him on that one. So yeah, the, uh, I've been training for the race. It was two weeks out from the race and I was coming down through a real rocky section and it was wet. And the front wheel slipped off a rock. I was going through, I don't know, 20 mile an hour or something like that, which doesn't seem that fast, but it is when you're on it's two on wheels. Bike, yeah. Um, so yeah, the front wheel slid out in the rock and I just remember going over the handlebars and there's a big rock there. It's like five, it's about five foot boulder. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's still there. It's still there. And it does not move, man. That's not good anywhere, It doesn't man. move. I've tried. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I hit it with the top of my head, took the impact through the top of my head, oh. crushed two vertebrae. Uh, so C7 and T1 which is your first back and your last neck so I remember being on all fours on the track in the middle of the track and I was out in front mm. I was on all fours and they came hiking around the corner slammed the brakes on obviously and seen me there and I, th- I f- felt the, the crush and I heard oh. it you know it's it's a horrible it's a horrible feeling because you, you, you hear it and feel it inside you you know, it's not like if you stub a toe, you hear it externally. This was internally just below my ears. I just wish you were just hearing this. Mate, oh it was God. horrible so thinking you, about you it you heard your uh, yeah. skull cracking. Hey, my my uh, spine, yeah. Your spine, sorry, yeah. is cracking. Yeah. That was, that was torture. But I kind of, I knew the anatomy. Like, I'd, I've been training a lot, so I kind of know the anatomy. So I knew roughly which vertebrae had taken damage. So... Anyway, I was on, I was on uh, my hands and knees in the track and no one really knew what to do because I, I was aware that something had cracked. But I could wiggle my toes and I could wiggle my fingers. I thought, right, that's cool. I can move my I feet. I can move my feet. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, it was my decision. I got them to help me to my feet. I walked down to the next fire road. and Should you have walked? No. Right. No. Just checking on that. Yeah, yeah no. Nah, if that ever happens, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do not walk after uh, yeah. you injured two do of your not, bed breaths. Nah, don't do it. I was just 
daft. And I guess the adrenaline was kicking in at that point. And you were like, well. how old are you there? 25, 24? Yeah, my math isn't that good. 26? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I should have wrote this down before. Yeah, man. Was <laughs> the, somebody well, what, what, what age are you? What, I'm what, 35 now. You're 35, so you're 1984? 84, yeah. All right, so we're a year apart. So you were like, 2011, oh. you were 24. I don't know, I've had too many concussions <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few No, come on again, anyway, so, well, Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Man, no, no, wait, wait 2004, you were 20, right? Yeah So 2011, you were 27 There we go, right, right 27 you done. Nailed Math. it right, Just cut out the math If this is wrong, I'm going to cut it off nah, the podcast cares, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care It's not making it <laughs> Right, so I was 27, right? <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so I walked into the fire road Which is breaking the woods right. Um and my friend uh, wheeled my bike down to there as well. So I managed to get my leg over the bike and I free wheeled down to the bottom of the mountain on the fire road, which again was stupid. So like you shouldn't have walked. I shouldn't have walked. Definitely you shouldn't, shouldn't have not get back on a bike. Oh, I don't know <laughs> Taking all those boxes. Yeah, I don't know what was going through my head. I, I didn't <laughs> want to get airlifted. But uh, so yeah, I got to the bottom. Um, yes. i seen the first aid person there and they're like, nah, I need to go to the hospital for that. So jumped in the back of my van, my dad's van, uh, hunched over a toolbox to try and keep my back. Yeah, that seems comfortable. Nah, it wasn't. It was at the time. It was most. I couldn't sit down. Right. Okay. Um, it was. It seemed most comfortable at the time. Your, was my, your dad like, nah, don't worry, you're fine? Nah, he was. He was stressed. Was he, like, nah, he was <laughs> panicking. He was like, we need to get an ambulance. We need to get a helicopter. I was like, nah, it's fine. I'll be fine. Just lead me over the toolbox, and we'll get to the hospital. So I went to <laughs> Belford Hospital uh, in Fort William. And I walked in, hunched over, like, because I couldn't straighten my back. I was hunched over, and the nurses came and asked loads of questions. And then they got me on the bed. Yeah. And they said, right, you need to lie down on your back. But I couldn't lie down because my back had seized up. So I couldn't lie flat. Of course, because your muscles were trying to support just, your back, I, eh? Yeah, they just held it in place. So they cut my, I think they took my body armor off and my, uh, all my gear. Mm. And this is right, you need to lie down. I was like, I can't lie down, I can't lie flat. So they gave me morphine, I think it was, and I just zonked out. It was flat. <laughs> you were like flat in a second. <laughs> you were like, Whoa. I know. And then they started asking me, they, they sat me back up and they were prodding my back and saying, Does this hurt? Does this hurt? And every time it didn't hurt, I shook my head and said, No. <laughs> and then I got a row for shaking my head. Yeah. Do not yeah. shake your head. I know. Right. So, and then they gave, they gave me an absolute bollocking for not getting airlifted. But I, like, in my head, I was like, I can move my. But I you could, because, like, in fairness, you could have injured yourself further. Oh, if yeah. You, if you, totally. If you kept going. Like you, you, like, you know, you didn't know at the time, but, like, you know, maybe that walk could have messed you up. Oh, good. totally, yeah. That was, that was stupid, like, really stupid. But yeah. <sighs> my decision, man. Right. If, if I'd never done it, it, I wouldn't be here <clears throat> talking to you on this podcast. Of course. I mean, it would, yeah. the brand wouldn't have happened. But, so, yeah, I, I should have got airlifted. But then I was like, I, I don't want to get in a, hot, a like, helicopter, get... Dropped to the hospital and I've got a scratch on my back. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd it would be embarrassing. Have been real badass though, eh? Like get on the thunder helicopter oh, man, and like do that flight Imagine. back to the hospital. <laughs> and then I was like, no, he's fine. You're, you're like, fine. all right, cool. you're cheers fine. for the drive. Exactly. You got an itchy back. That's all. Right. Um, so yeah, that that happened. I was in yes. the hospital. For, I was only in the hospital overnight. I didn't need surgery. Um, it was it was a wedge fracture, two wedge fractures. So, so that means that they got crushed. They got or? crushed. I so my neck sits forward a bit further forward than it should. Right, um, so I bet that it's, it must drive you mad sometimes. It does, it tightens up a lot. I need to get, well, I don't need to, but I do want to get massaged. 
uh, right. I try and get every six weeks just to just loosen to up the muscles. Going. Yeah. But I'm also I'm training now again, lifting weights again with a personal trainer who's doing a really good job of building oh. building my strength back up. I need one of those. Yeah. Personal trainers. Otherwise I don't exercise. I don't want exercise. Yeah, I, I hate saying, exercise. I was again I'm stupid, man. I was I was training Muay Thai for a couple of years. After that. Yeah. And I was getting swept and I actually I landed I got swept. Everybody, in, it was cool, in the gym, I never fought, right? So in the gym, we would spar, but everybody yeah. knew my situation, so they wouldn't sweep me. They would take it easy if it was coming yeah. to, like, sweeping me or dropping me on the ground. So that was just kind of known throughout all the members. But then there was a new guy came in. Oh, there's always a new guy. And he dumped me on my, my head, eh? So, uh, yeah, I just never went back after that, because it tweaked my neck, and I was like, nah. This you is must have been well pissed the guy. Did you tell him that you had a problem? Nah, with that, nah. You didn't know, all right, fair enough. No, it's just one of these things where you're swapping partners every two minutes, you know, and uh, different pad men and different sparring and stuff. And it was just one of these things that happened. But it was maybe a, a blessing just tell me, stop training or stop doing this type to of thing. To be training. honest, it could have been worse. It could have been. Yeah. yeah. Right, so that, that didn't didn't injure you, but it well, sort of injured you, but it didn't, it didn't complicate no, your, it didn't your complicate, situation. No. I also had to go to hospital after being at the trampoline park. Of course, you've been to the trampoline. Yeah, but also, but we we didn't touch on the fact that right after you had your uh, accident, right, and um, <clears throat> you were in pain, two vertebrae down, and you decided to go bike again. Yeah. So, let me explain that one. Yes. <laughs> try. I try exactly. Ah, oh, man, this is a stupid story. So I'd been training for this, right. So that race, I'd been training for it. I had the crash two weeks before it. But I've been training That's for... Two weeks is 15 days, right? Before then. 14, actually. 14, it was 14 yeah. days. So I've been training for a year for this race and then crashed. So when I left the hospital, I said to the doc, when can I get back on the bike? And he's like, you need to be off the bike for six to eight months. Mm-hmm. So like, shit, man, I've got a race in two weeks' time. And, uh, <laughs> I bet he said you shouldn't do the race. I, no, I, I didn't even tell him about the You race. didn't tell no, him? Of course you didn't. No. All right. So... Uh, yeah, so we went uh, went to the race. My whole plan was to... I sat on a bike before it just to see what it felt like. and uh, Did it feel good? It didn't feel too bad, to be honest. Right. It, like, it wasn't in pain, which mm. was strange. But I'd be, I'd, like, I was told to wear a neck brace for... <clears throat> I wear a neck brace for a couple of months. <clears throat> sleep with a neck brace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing all that. <laughs> and then yeah, that race came up, so I went racing. Um mm. I took the bike up and took painkillers, put loads of kinesial tape on my back, and I wore a neck brace to race. Mm-hmm. There's a few photos kicking about me jumping, right. like, I don't know, four foot in the air with a neck right. brace on. If I crashed in that race, this would be a totally different story. But I mean, again, you know, yeah, you just you just bet on your on your health there. I just it was a gamble. Yeah, I always go. The thing is, I always go with gut instinct. And sure. My, my gut instinct was go racing. Just it was a race mentality at the time. Like you have big crashes, you get injured, and you just go racing the next week. But a broken back's about a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, like you were lucky enough that they were crushed. Yeah. Well, yeah, inverted yeah. commas. Ah, rather than shattered. Uh, you 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 could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> you could totally. never walk since. Yeah, totally. After that that yeah. episode, but I mean, I get it. You felt your gut. But that's crazy, man. Sometimes your gut starts to do shit, crazy, crazy stuff that you shouldn't <sighs> be doing. Yeah, I know. You know, 90% of the time, good, follow your gut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10% you got a question, uh, you know what I mean? I should really say the question, dude, but... But fair enough. So you, you got on a bike, you felt good, and you were like, mm, I can race. Yeah. So you did race. How did it go? 
It went really well. Um, oh, of course it did. The whole plan was, I just wanted to, like, see, I wanted to prove to myself I could do it, right? So the whole thing was go up, do one lap. As I said before, mm. fi- like 15 laps was the kind of record. The plan was go up, do one lap, see how I feel. Mm-hmm. If I feel okay, I'll go back up. But yeah. by that point, the adrenaline's kicked in. Right. So I felt fine. So I kept going. I think I'd done 14 laps and I can't remember the exact position. It's on the website somewhere. It was... I don't know, 18th at 132 or something, mm-hmm. I finished. Which is was by far your best result yeah, for totally. this race. <laughs> Smashed the previous one. Yeah, because you were like 32 last time. Yeah, so. and then the, I raced the year after as well. How did that go? Uh, I got 11th. Wow. Yeah, and then they stopped doing the event. Damn. Yeah. Probably somebody else broke their back. No, and I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know the reason for it, but... There must have been some concern or whatever. No, I don't. I, th- I think it was maybe the, the, these guys run a lot of events, and I think that was maybe the least popular one. Oh, fair. Enough. Yeah, fair but enough. they did. They did bring it back. Did he? Yeah. Oh, so years is later. it still doing now? I think so. I, th- I think it's still going. But you're not participating. Nah. You're watching or whatever, but you're not participating. Yeah, exactly. I'm not bike fit as as you're I was. You're not bike fit. Nah. <laughs> so do you do you bike regularly now or? Not as much, man. I still still ride now and again, but not as much as I used to. It's like the brand's taking over my life. Eh? Do you so. miss it? Yeah, when I go out, when I go out riding, I just, I just want to be riding all the time. Right. But it's it's like exercise, you know. If you take time off, you don't want to go back to the gym. But once you go back to the gym, you feel you good. To, yes. And you want to keep doing it. Yeah. Then so you I, stop for some reason, exactly. and then you just don't want to do it anymore. So I think I've just been off the bike for too long. It's like I'm not that fast about it anymore. But right. if I got back on it, I would get the buzz for it again. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's what's happening. Wow. But then, you know, I'm involved with the brand. The, we go up to Fort William Mountain Bike World right. Cup. Yeah. The World Cup, brought beards in the trade village there. So so they know you well there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Do yeah. they know you as the guy who almost broke his back? Or? They probably do now. I've not told them. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's a few stories out there now. So so tell me, okay, so you <clears throat> the beard oil yes. comes into place when you stop biking because your back was clearly messed up and you had to recover. Yes. What happened then? Right, so the doctor had originally t- told me to take six to eight months off the bike, um, which I didn't do. I raced two weeks later. Then I took, I think I, think I took four months off the bike. But in that time, I decided to rest my back, get some therapy on it, you know. Yes. Make sure the recovery is decent. So I discovered a guy, Richard White in Musselboro, mm-hmm. who does... Traditional Chinese therapies, acupuncture, diff- yeah. various types of um, <clears throat> sports therapy and massages. and mm-hmm. So I went to see him, uh, done acupuncture and stuff. And I'd, I'd done a whole course, uh, mm-hmm. a rehab course with him. And he'd done a, a really good job. And he seen I had understanding for the anatomy because uh, I told him which bones are broken and yeah. which muscles were affected and stuff. So he says, look, man, I do courses. You can sign up to them if you want. I'll teach you some of this stuff. So that's what I've done. He paid the money, signed up to his courses, done sports massage therapy, Twina, uh, done Reiki, acupuncture, um, Swedish massage, sports massage. There was loads of different So what was was your favourite? Acupuncture, probably. Do you still do acupuncture? Nah, I don't. You still? And I forgot a lot of it. There's so much. It's so in-depth. So were you you doing your own points or was somebody else doing acupuncture on you? Yeah. no, I was studying it to do my own. You were doing your own? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would do it myself just for practice. And that. Um, but I, just, I had my license and insurance and stuff. Like no I way. Yeah, I could have gone doing it. So part of the course for the massage courses was make your own massage oil. 
So I learned how to use, I learned how to make the base oils and use essential oils to fragrance it and stuff like that and their benefits as well. So I started making massage oils for the course, then made hair oil for my wife because I was aware she was making ha- using hair oil. Yeah. And I had facial hair anyway, so I thought, if she's using it in her hair, well, I can use it saying that your hair, you have facial hair, yeah. is an understatement. How long is your beard? How long is my beard? Yeah. I don't know. I can, t- I can get, a, I'm going to get yeah, a measurement tape. tape. Yeah, it's just Susex, eh? So, I'll, I'll keep telling the story. Keep telling the story, yeah. Right, so, uh, I, so I was making massage oils, then hair oil, then beard oil for my wife, and it started to work. There was a lot, a lot of trial and error to get it right for the the coarse hair, because it's beard's a lot more coarse than you measure it from the bottom lip, man. Aye, from the bottom lip. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, you are one foot. One foot, twelve inches. Meters, one nice. Yeah, that's a big beard. Yeah, that's a big beard. Oh, so that's uh, thirty centimeters for the Europeans and <laughs> one foot for the British. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> one foot beard. There you go. So yeah, it was, it was, right, so the, the beard oil came about uh, from massage oil to hair oil to beard oil, tailored it for more coarse hair. Yeah. Um, uh, it took a bit trial and error. And then I got a product I was happy with, beard oil I was happy with. It was all natural. Um, gave it to family and friends who had facial hair. It uh, went down pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then started getting requests for it. So that's when I kind of made that product. You know, I got the safety assessments, the mm-hmm. insurance, which cost me a fortune because no one really heard the beard oil at the time. How much does it cost again, the insurance? And the license? <laughs> the insurance was ridiculous at the time. What was it? It was about four grand. And that is because if something happens to your brand, you're covered and you can help the yeah. person that yeah. gets injured yeah. or whatever. Like yeah. if somebody's face goes on fire. Exactly. That, you can that, cover was, that. that was the thing. Like back then, um, no one had really heard the beard oil. Mm-hmm. So everybody thought it was going to be a product that would burn people's faces off, you know. Because it's, <laughs> it's called oil. They just never understood it. <laughs> I, they never understood it. So, yeah, charge a fortune. That 4K is a lot of money for yeah. insurance. For just when you're starting out as is well. Is that for a year or? Yeah, for a year. Fuck. Yeah. So you need that every year? Yeah. Does it's, it get, it's come down now because it's come down. they, they right. understand what it is, you know. Jesus, 4K. And it's now a market. Of, yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, like everybody in the dog is making beard oil. Exactly. But like, um, how much was to get the actual license to make cosmetics? Uh, it varied. So you need, to, for each individual product, you need to get a different license. You need to get an individual license. Okay. Um, oh, man, I, can't, I honestly can't remember what it was then. It varies now. There's so many different companies doing it now as well. So that it's not just you go to, I don't know, a government somewhere and they, they, they give you the license. This uh, it was a, a recommended uh, laboratory a chemist. There's a chemist to yeah. give the license. That, that's, the person I use is a proper chemist. Uh, right. But there is other companies that do it. Okay. Just just, just for people that want to start something. Yeah. That, you know, if you want to make skincare or whatever, you need those yeah, licenses. you need the safety assessments. Um, and then once you've got the safety assessments, you can take that to the insurance and that proves that it's, that it's safe sound. to use. Yeah. yeah. So what if you make a new product? So every, because I know you make different blends all the yes. time. Yes. Do you need to get those checked every time you yeah. make a new product? Yeah. Do you have to pay for that to get yeah. it approved? Yeah. Is that expensive to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like the thing is, I when I make a new product, I test it for ages. Like right. I, t- I test it for months to make sure I'm happy with it. Yeah. Before I go and get it safety assessed. Fair enough. So, so you don't waste any money. No. Nah. And you'd rather take it easy and get a good product. Exactly. So in in a year, how many products do you have for sale? 
Oh man, <laughs> what just beard oil? Just or beard oil. Yes. Just beard oil. Oh, let me think. There's about eleven. Eleven different yeah. type. Yeah. And out of these eleven, how many will go out of production, and how many will just stay? To be honest, there's none that really go out of production at the moment. There's so I do. So we've got the core range. Yeah. And then for the Beard and Moustache Championships, which is our annual event, yeah. I do a special one for that. Um, and that comes back as a permanent oil. All oh, right, okay. So yeah. you don't get rid of it. I don't get rid of it. I get rid of, you, you I get rid of the label. There's a special label for the event. Yeah. And then the label changes to become a permanent oil. Normally. So okay. I've got a lot of customers collect the products. Right. So they collect like the limited edition labels. Yeah. And then we've got... I sponsor quite a few athletes, and some of them have got their individual, their own oils, their own labels, right? Which change now and again as well. So people collect them, which is cool. Some some of my customers have got bigger collections than I do. That's amazing. Well, because you don't tend to keep all your bottles and stuff. You just uh, just you'd rather sell it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But okay, so after you've got, you spend four k for the insurance. You have to spend money for getting this, the few products you launched with mm-hmm. approved. How many products did you launch with? Uh, three. Yeah, only three, three products. Yeah. How did, how did it go that first run? Uh, at the start, so I made three products. The reason I made three is you can really smell three fragrances before you can go nose blind. So I thought, right. go with three. Um, there was a few like family and friends had told people, and then once I had the website built, these people would come and buy some products. Right. I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Just because I'm trying to be more like specific, like the nitty gritty for people that wants to start a business or something. Oh, okay. So like when you started, when you did the website, what yeah. was your approach? Did you make the website yourself given that you have a bit of a background or you got somebody else to do it for I you? I got somebody else to make the, the website for me. I had a friend who made makes websites. Okay. So Is that Shopify or was that any? Uh, no, it was... Um, Squarespace? WordPress. WordPress. So WordPress. it was a WordPress. You didn't use Shopify. No, what were you use for like carting and selling? And uh, WooCommerce built into the website. Right. Okay. And PayPal. And PayPal for yeah, payments. Yeah. Are you still PayPal dependent? Yeah. I know. It's scary, scary stories you hear about, no, about PayPal. I'm always like, oh. I know. I know. It's, um, yeah. I'm looking at a few options. But Have you? Okay. At the moment, it's still PayPal. Okay. So you built, you got one of your friends to do the WordPress. Yes. With e-commerce and... So the, the cost was to pay for him to do it, basically. Yeah. And that, I bet it wasn't a crazy cost. It wasn't bad now. We're, we're good friends. So. But, like, did you get any funding from, like, Business Getaway? No. Or any grants no. or anything? No. Nothing. At you just st- had your own money? At the start, I just paid for it, my own money. Yeah. So you owned the company 100%? Yeah. You didn't take any loans? No. Just, you write it out. You just started slow. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Man. Well, that's the thing. I was like, once I was, once I was in, uh, like originally, I, I spent I used three hundred pound to buy a, a few bottles, all the ingredients to start making my batch of beard oil, yeah. which was by far like the, the smallest investment you'd done. Ah, totally, yeah. Three hundred yeah. quid is not, yeah, compared to the exactly. So I had so much ingredients kicking about and mm. making different fragrances, and then once I had a few, I was happy with. I gave it to the family and friends. Did you make a cedar wood one? A sandalwood one. A cedar. cedar wood. Oh, cedarwood. Cedarwood. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a classic. Ah, uh, man. The one, well, one of the first ones, Grafter, it's got cedarwood in it. Cedarwood, there you go. Yeah, it's I, awesome. I knew it, man. It's yeah. a just taste. It's a taste. <laughs> so <laughs> Do not beard, taste drink it. beard oil. No. It smells amazing. Yeah, it does smell amazing. Yeah, cedarwood's one of my favorite. Yeah, same. 
Anyways, yeah, continue. So yeah, uh, made some some bottles, gave it to family and friends, and then yeah, that's kind of when I started. When it was a uh, an interest in it, that's kind of when I had to commit, get the safety assessments, get the insurance. So what was that made you think you can make a business out of it? I guess there was at the time I thought beard oil was a new thing, which it kind of was. It was at the time. It was at the time. There was a company in England. Like I done a bit of research after I got started. There was mm-hmm. a company in England had was doing beard oil, right? And I think there was a couple in America as well. But I I never really had a template to go off. I right. just made this product. People seem to like it. And I'm not a businessman, or I wasn't a businessman. I was just a. You definitely are now. Yeah, yeah. You, you just learn it as you go, but. Um, so yeah, just uh, sold a few products. I, I was cut to commit, get the insurance, get in, but get the insurance, get the safety assessment, spend all that money. And by that time, I was in committed. I was like, I can't turn back now. I've spent all this money. Right. So you, did you spend the money because you knew you needed some kind of like thing to commit to help you commit to this, or were you like? No, I was. I was thinking I can't really sell the product without having insurance. So you, it was more like you were afraid of selling the Aye. product, something happens. Totally, like, oh, yeah. Shit, I'm going to pay my own, yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. Like, I've always tried to do everything right. Yeah. So you just want to cover your bases, eh? Yeah, um, no, great, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, it came out of necessity. So you said, okay, yeah. I need insurance. It co- it's very costly, but yeah. I'm going to give this a bash. Yeah, give it a shot, yeah. And you were, you were still not training at the time, so you were not back on a bike yet. Uh, no, or were you already? I think I've been out now and again. I wasn't racing. You weren't racing. No, I wasn't. Racing. You were not. You, you didn't race since. I raced a year later, but I think by that point, the first bottle of beer oil was out. I think. Okay. Yeah, I would have been here. Yeah. Okay. So you, were you kitted out as bro beer? No, 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 not at all. There oh, was right. no merchandise back then. It was all just right. uh, just three beer oils, and that was it. That's it. I remember before the first trade show we done, <laughs> first event we done, it was custom culture in Spalding, of all places. It was a seven-hour drive away. And we decided to choose that as our first event. Yeah, I remember you saying that seven oh, hours man. drive, first I'm event. The, I'm not the sharpest tool in the box. Was like. that seven hours both ways? No, one way. So it, it was 14 it, hours in two days. Yeah. So uh, we drove down there. I don't know what day it be, the Friday or something. But I had graphics, obviously being signwriter or... This, there was one sticker, thing done. Sticker boy. It was that sticker yeah, boy. The van was done. The van, the, had, the van had a bit graphic on it. Are you saying that the van is the same as you had then? No. Right. A, what was it? A Fiat Scudo it was. In fact, it wasn't stickered up. It had magnetic signs. And that's what I've done. <laughs> I got magnetic signs. That was like a cop-out option. Like, exactly. I never know if it, is, if it doesn't work, I'll just take exactly. the magnets off. If, if it hits the <laughs> fan, I can take them off. But <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I remember driving down on the Friday... The event was a Saturday and Sunday, I'm sure. And we came back on the Monday. And it was funny because we had no idea what we were doing. We took, I think we took 12 of each oil. Mm-hmm. And I think we came back with about 10 of each oil. <laughs> Man, just no one knew what the product was. So you had these guys basically laughing in our faces saying, I would never use that shit. God, that's so hard. Mate, it was brutal. And it's like there was, there was people who were genuinely interested. How did you feel? Felt I don't know. It kind of felt like I was wasting my time a little bit. But did you? Were you was, were you angry a little bit? Are you like? I kind of. I'm I'm that kind of person. If someone tells me I can't do something, I'll do it. Like if the doctor tells me I can't go racing. Yeah, yeah. I want to prove, I go I wanna prove that yeah. I can go racing. But so yeah, people would say people will never buy this. It will never be a thing. Yeah. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's a billion dollar industry now. The the whole beard care. Yeah, the market, whole beard. Oh, for yeah, sure. One hundred percent. Not me, yeah. but the. Um, how much was your wife? instrumental in this oh, keeping you going 100 percent. she's 
she's always backing me whatever I do she's always like just she's on my side if I want to do something she'll help me figure out logistics to, to do it and she'll encourage me unless it's going by a Ferrari or something that's, well yeah of course I mean? you're crazy <laughs> yeah but uh, so and she was 100% behind it she was so up. when that that, that drive because you, you did it together right yeah that 14 together, hours yeah. back and forth yeah, and yeah. like how was that drive back? Because that's seven hours a lot of time to stew over selling two bottle beers. You know? I know. Oh, beer doils. Beer doils. We, we, uh, um, no, the, the drive was fine, man. We wanted to go to that event for a while anyway. Yeah. It was a cool event. So I thought, if I'm going to attend, I might as well go and take the stand. Yeah. And uh, try and sell some products. And at least get the brand out there. And it did. There was a couple of guys, bikers from Air. No way. Down there, Yeah. So they came up to the stand on Saturday and like, we seen your van go past us yesterday. And it had bra. And then we yeah. thought they must be Scottish. So that was their mission on Saturday morning was come find our stand. And they bought some products and they became customers. And I'm pretty Less sure. Less them. I know. Because if you didn't have these two fellas coming over. Me, I know. You know, you, I, I think they give you like a little bit of a hope. Aye, it did. It definitely did. Because you must have come back home and think, you know what, at least these two fellas bought the beard oil. Well, that was it. There was... They guys bought the beard oil, and I think one of them is still a customer now. I'm pretty sure. Bless him. Or he, he bought something last year. So Amazing. Yeah. Did you send him something special every time he bought it? I sent him a couple of notes and stuff. You sent him a note, yeah. That, yeah. Right, good. As long as you let him know that I totally they love that. you know? Definitely. Um, so, aye, we sold a few products. And then I made a few contacts, though. Did you? Yeah, okay, there's quite a few cool. contacts made, which lifted my spirits a bit as well, because I thought awesome. that opens open doors for next year. So we did do it. We've done it two years after that as well. And did it go well? The yeah, year it did. It did because people recognise you from the year before. Yeah, so and that, like you're a very, you know, you stand out as a guy because you've got like a foot long beard. Yeah, it wasn't as know? long at the time, but it was a big. It was still a big yeah. beard. It but still you, stood yeah. out in my crowd. Yeah, you're, if they speak to you, you're such a lovely guy. People just remember you. You know. Thank you. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> like, so it's, tell me something. Okay, so how many how many shows have you been? How many three shows have you been? About since then. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. Um, Fifty, sixty. Has that uh, been your, your main marketing ploy, at least at the beginning? It was at the beginning. Um, because, again, I'm glad we done it the way we done it. It wasn't planned or anything. It was just mm. like, let's try it, see what happens. Yeah. So we've done the car shows. We've done tattoo conventions. Uh, <laughs> I like how you just went clearly left field. You're like, okay, so there's no clearly no beard oil convention. So let's go Aye. where our people is. Well, the, well that was it but the, th the thing was right there was still there was like barber conventions and beauty beauty shows yeah. beauty expos but I never ever wanted to do them because right. it's just not my scene it's it's a different scene is it? Well, uh, the barber convention yeah well it's cool it's, we've done a couple since it's it, too flashy what is it? it's just ah, it's not my style man I turn up in jeans and a t-shirt and a hat and I stand out like a sore thumb. So, Do you? Yeah. But that's why you want to go, right? Well, that, that, yeah. It does work for us. Because ah, you stand out. Yeah. But my whole thing was like, as I say, rock and roll. And rock and roll, so, punk rock, baby. Exactly. So we do car shows and we do tattoo shows and we okay. do bike shows. And that was just my scene. That's where I was comfortable. Mm. So that's what I've done. And it's worked for us. Well, okay. So that was, let's talk about our first year. Because the first mm. year is the hard, well, if to say the first two years of a business are the yeah, hardest, yeah. you know. So you start out, you sold to friends and family, you mm -hmm. went to your first convention, Yes. made a few contacts, sold a couple of products. Mm -hmm. It wasn't crashing, you had hope, but it was clearly really hard. Yeah. What was the next step? I'm just going to continue what we're doing and then introduce new products as well, like a, right. a beard comb. 
And then the beard comb. Yeah, and the beard comb it was massive. Is fact, it? I've still got one in the house that I use. I quite like it. But yeah. is that not? It's not the 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 boar bristle one. It's no, the, that, the wooden one. No, that was the the brush. It's a wooden comb. It's about I don't know eight inches long or something. Oh. Ridiculous for a That's beard. A beast. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was the only one I could source at the time. Really? Yeah. Just again, it wasn't that big a market. It was now now there's so many different types. Yeah. Now yeah. you can find yeah, anything you want. Anything you want. For exactly. You. It's so. Crazy. And sourcing the, the products was hard. It was difficult. You know, again, it wasn't a big scene at the time. So, yeah, we got a beard comb, and then I got shampoo, started making uh, raw beard wash, which is a shampoo, all natural. Um, when did you start making that? I think it was 2014. Right. So there were already, like, alternatives on the market of yeah, beard Yeah, it, it was starting to kind of creep in, yeah. yeah. Um, Moustache wax. And so I just started introducing new beard products and I, I made a couple of hats as well yes um that's because you're big on hats yeah i love hats man always worn hats how many how many bro beard hats have you made uh, eight i think that's, that's not that many man that's snapbacks yeah and um, we've had a few winter hats as well right like bobble hats and beanies yeah um which uh, man i'm guided because there's a few like the original hats that i got made at that time yeah. i don't have them you don't have nah, them. I know. I just, Are you crazy? Mate, I know. My, some of my friends have got them. and it's, you got to buy them back. I know. At I least one. I think I'm going to have to. Because <laughs> uh, they were cool. They were cool. But I just, I just the mentality, I think I'll just get another batch made. I never yeah. did because uh, I designed new hats. <laughs> you were like, no, no, that's the new one. But yeah. I, I like that. Like, you know, you did a new season of hats. Aye, well, that's it. I changed. Like, this, the one I'm wearing just now is a yeah. sn- snow camel. But it's, it's like custom camel. Yeah, it's. I took the black out and put right. the logo in. That's lovely. Yeah, but every hat is different. But like how you you go heavy on customization, like you know, yeah. regardless of price. So you have a little a little label inside. Yeah, you have a tiny label on 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 the outer side where the what's this called? The that's just the closure. The closure at yeah. the back, and then you have inside you have branding all over the rims. And the lining. The lining. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Do you have something at the back here? No. Nah, I get them built to my specification, eh? Because I like hats. Yeah. So where did you? So are those those are like the ones that you like. Yeah. And then if people like them, they buy them. Yeah, they, like, they do. Uh, you're basically making a hat for yourself. Pretty much. That's pretty good. But that's but then again, that's how the brands got to the place it is just now. I've made everything to suit me, and it attracts yeah. my audience. It attracts people who like the same kind of stuff I do. Yeah. So, so okay, you're dodging my question though here. Like, oh, oh, sorry. What was sorry, the question again? Oh, well, not dodging, we just got lost on a tangent. Yeah, I, I tend to do that, sorry. The first year. Yes. Right. How did it go? Because you were still working. I was still working, yeah. So I was still working. Um, it was, it's funny, right? He's talking about the first year. I found the book that was keeping the cash flow in the other day. We were tied in the house right. and I found the cash flow. So it wasn't great. What was your turnover that year? I mean, I think it was about a thousand quid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, look, for products, for someone that starts from nothing... Better than nothing, man. How much did you... What, what was the loss you made that first year? I don't think I did. No, I must have. Yeah, they probably three grand off the insurance. But right, so you were like yeah. three grand the whole first year. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Could be no, worse. No. Yeah. And you had... Th- by the end of the year, how many products you had? By the end of the year? Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Um, five, probably. Five products. So you had yeah. already two products on top of that. Something and like it's all beard, beard oil and you had the comb. The comb, uh, yeah. The first year, I never had the shampoo. You never had the shampoo. No. Then... T- here comes the second year. Yeah. What was the turnover at the end of the year? Were you in positive? Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Yeah. And you still had to pay 4K for the insurance. Yeah, that came down a little bit. 
Cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And you, you introduced the shampoo yeah. and more products. Yes. More beard oil. More, more beard. More beard oil and beard butter as well, which is like a wax. Beard butter. So you, yeah. you're like you're now diversifying. You're getting more products. Yeah. Still pretty much beard care products. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no branding on top think, of that. I think I had one T-shirt in 2014. I brought out a design of a T-shirt. I'm sure. That's the third year in business, though, isn't it? No, the second year. Second year. Second year. Yeah. Okay. So you you started you started with T-shirts pretty early, you know. Yeah. So what did you do that second year? They helped you propel your business. I say uh, propel, but like it was more of a slow growth, I oh, guess. It would be in 2014 there. Right, so, yeah, so I was introducing more products, but then at the end of 2013, that's mm-hmm. when Fred Durst got in touch. Right, and cue Fred Durst story. Yeah, so, yeah, so, right, how did this go again? There was, I put a tweet on Twitter, obviously, and I'm sure <laughs> I he, <thought> he, <laughs> yeah, I put a tweet on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> he, I remember getting a like on it, and it was from well, Fred Durst. And I was like, there's no way, man. Nah. Like, I, I Did he have the blue tick? Yeah. Oh, shit. So it's him. As we're saying, we grew up on sort of rock music and yeah. stuff. So I was Limp Bizkit fan when I was younger. Yeah. Okay. Look, okay. let's, let's, let's address this, right? Right. So in my teens, I was a, a Limp Bizkit fan. So Limp Bizkit, for those of you who doesn't, they're not into new metal very much, yeah. right? They didn't have a good... Um, they had a big following. They had a massive following. Yeah. But it was like like this kind of like nobody really loved them. No, they were or nobody was had the balls to say that they liked them. I know, but see when you got a Limp Bizkit gig, the place is bouncing. So what? Why? Okay, so I I didn't mind them. Yeah. I, you know, actually, actually, Chocolate Starfish. Yeah. Was a decent album. Yeah. Uh, was that Nuki the one before? No, what was it called? Uh, significant Other. Yeah, Significant yeah. Other. Another good album yeah i like them yeah. you know and like with my friends are always be like rolling in the car you know it was uh, a I thing you know the, yeah. the, 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 the i was like well, 18 at the time so yeah. just had my driving license we were just we were we were enjoying it yeah you know but it was a guilty pleasure uh, do you know yeah. what i mean in the circle nobody would say oh i listened to lim biscuit you uh, know totally, you do yeah. with one friend that you 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 know you had like nobody has to know about this yeah. why i don't know man i don't know like I don't know. I really, I, I, I told everybody I like Limbiscuit. I didn't really have any anything against it. I enjoyed it. I like Limbiscuit and Corn and well, Lincoln Park were coming on the scene at the time. Oh yeah. man, but, uh, sad. Yeah. So yeah, I was a Limbiscuit fan. Man, I had a, a red hat in that as well. <laughs> you had the red uh, hat. I didn't have the red. New, I didn't have the Yankees hat. I had Did a you know? Fox clothing. Uh, it was a motocross brand. So time. you were deep into Limbiscuit then. Yeah, man, I liked them. Yeah. So what was your favorite song? Uh, one Putting uh, on the spot, yeah. I know. I'm trying to think. There's a few. The Truth's a good song. That was one of the later ones. Yeah. Uh, Talking about Creamer's this... a good song. I like Creamer. Which one? Creamer. Creamer. You may have not heard it. Or you... I don't remember it's it. It's one of the later albums, I think. I can't remember what album it's on. But it's, it's nice. Okay. Nice mellow. Cool. Mm. A nice mellow. Mm. Well, that's a surprise. Kind of mellow tune. <laughs> All right. So you are a, a Limp Bizkit fan. Yes, and... I was a Limp Bizkit fan. And when Fred liked your tweet, yeah. I'm seeing Fred like if I know him, you know. When Fred liked your tweet, I how did you feel? He liked my tweet and uh, he just says your brand, well, no, he liked the tweet and I was like, there's no way this is Fred. And I had the blue tick. Yeah. So I thought, oh, it's got to be. Yeah. So I think I was following him anyway. Uh, he followed me so I could send him a message. Yeah. And uh, he just says, I really like your stuff. It's really cool. It's uh, It stands out. It's, you know, it's, the logo looks cool. 
Like kudos uh, to the guy, man. I know, I totally. Like just you liked you liked your stuff, and instead of you just came and told you. Mm, I mean, pretty much yeah. great. And he's he's a he's a great dude though. Like he is a good guy. He I gets never a lot understand of, the heat he got. He gets a lot years, of heat, you know? and uh, I had nothing but good experiences with the guy. I mean, a lot of it was show anyway, and like his, yeah, his character was his character. meant to be like that. Yeah, but you know, uh, so, it sounds like a very sound dude to me. It always did. Yes, man, I've met him what, three or four times, and he's been sound every time. Yeah. So tell me about it. So he sends you a message. Yeah. So basically, just saying, uh, I like your I like your stuff. It looks good. Uh, it looks cool. And I was like, well, I can send you some products over if you want. Jumping on that train. Oh, totally, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> not letting that go past. <laughs> I'll send you all of them. Nah, yeah. yeah, so uh, I sent him two oils and a t shirt. In fact, it was the original t shirt. Which you don't have anymore. I do have one. Somewhere. You have one, okay, yeah. cool. But it's, it's, Keep it's, that so, safe. So I sent him the red one, thinking that'd be right. cool. <laughs> I got to think uh, out of the box, I'll send him the red one. Red, it'll match his hat that he wears all the time. Uh, so yeah, I sent him that. And then he, I don't know, it must have been two or three weeks later. Uh -huh. He put a picture up on Twitter, him holding the bottles, wearing the t-shirt, and uh, what a sound, sound, dude! Totally, I can't remember what the tweet was. Something about it makes my chainsaw buzz or something like that. Right. I can't remember, but I've got a screenshot somewhere. But so yeah, done that, and then we just kind of became friends, just chatting. Yeah, and then over the winter of two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, my mum got ill, and she passed away in February. And Flint Biscuit were playing the week after. Yeah. And we had kind of discussed before this that I'd go along at the gig and hang out. Well, me and Elaine would go along and hang yeah. out with Fred and watch the gig. So my mum's funeral was the day before that gig. So I was just like, oh. like, do I go? Or? So I, I like, sat down with my dad and I, and I says, like, I'll phone Fred and say, I'll tell him the circumstances and yeah. say, well, we'll meet up some other time. <clears throat> but my dad's like, this might not happen again. This yeah. might be your own. Exactly, yeah. it might be your only chance. Eh? Yeah. So just kind of put a brave face on. So Saturday, probably the lowest point in my life so far, to Sunday the gig, probably the highest, but well, one of the highest points, standing at the side of the stage with the crew, watching yeah. Limp Bizkit perform. And Fred was wearing one of my T-shirts. So it was, Again. It was mad. Sound, dude. Yeah. I, I remember sitting in the dressing room and he says, oh, it's going to be a bra night tonight. And I said, oh, <laughs> whatever, man. Uh, don't say that, mate. Yeah, I, I was like, no, I didn't say that word. But uh, he's like, oh, it's no. going to be a bra night. And then he, he pulled the T-shirt out and I was like, nah, no way. So yeah, man. So he stuck it on and wore it for the the show. Which is kudos to him as well, because he was in oh. Glasgow, so everybody had so bro beard. They were like, well, that's you know, it. Like, there was, people knew the brand at that point. Uh, did they? Okay, did you have already a little bit of a following? I had there? a little bit of a following at that point. So yeah, Facebook went a bit crazy the next day and... Wedding, okay. nah, people send a message. Were there shots of him wearing the t-shirt? Oh, there's, there's quite a few kicking about, man. It's oh, cool. Yeah. If you type in Limp Biscuit Glasgow. I'll have a look. It'll come up. There's a few good photos. Um, so, yeah, we kind of kept in touch after that. Uh, well, kept in touch ever since, really. But he invited us, invited me and my cousin Stuart. Elaine couldn't make it to Sonosphere, which was the same year. Wow. That was a big uh, festival down at Donington, I think. Um, so she must have been gutted. Ah, she was. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was mad, man. I've got a video somewhere. Uh, we're standing inside the stage again. And like when Limp Biscuit walked out, the crowd erupted. But when Fred walked out, man, the place went mental. It's amazing, huh? They it's, still have such a big following after all these like, years. Everybody says, as you're saying, everybody says, like, I'm not really a Limp Biscuit fan. They're too scared to say they're a Limp Biscuit. But I see the, the gigs. Concert, eh? 
the whole place, I don't know how many people there, 40,000 folk were bouncing. Amazing. It was amazing. This the power they've got on stage is unreal. I think like they stuck to their guns for so many years. Yeah. People appreciate that. Exactly, yeah. That's it. Like, you know, so many bands that just disappeared. Yeah. And some stories are really sad yeah. of those bands. But yeah. oh, they're still going, they're still playing. Like, it's basically a great, greatest hits tour every time they, they play. Like they yeah. just play all the, the favourites. I remember sitting at um sitting back backstage with Fred and yeah. he gave us a list of tracks, all the tracks they play. Yeah. Like, and it was an A4 sheet with tiny writing. There's that many songs. And he's like, just pick a few songs and we'll play them. And I was like, mate, you, you serious? And he says, ah, just your favourite songs. You, what'd you pick? Uh, oh, man. Uh, oh, that one that was in that film. Oh, fuck, fuck what it was called. You're terrible at this, man. Mate, honestly, <laughs> too many concussions. Too many concussions. Oh, I just went, uh, take a look at it. Uh, no. Take Eat You Alive, that was it. Eat You Alive, Eat you alive right. that song. Right. And the, the cool thing is, right, see, if you, you watch it on YouTube, there's also fan videos. Yeah. He's, so I picked that song and said, right, Eat You Alive, play that one. And he did. And at the instrumental bit, obviously he's not singing, he comes over at me at the side mm. of the stage. He's like, how's that? Oh, yeah, are you enjoying the song? <laughs> You're like, I'll see, lost uh, it. <laughs> so you see him on, on YouTube when he's walking at the side of the stage, he's coming to speak to me. It's That's mad. amazing. Yeah. Fred cl- clearly was like a big boost for you. Yeah, for, man. So for, for the brand, it gave the brand more credibility. Um, How so? In which way did it change for Bro, Bro Beard? People started to take it more serious because. What What do you mean with taking it more seriously? Well, like Beard the Care was still a kind of new thing, and the fact that this rock star was saying that he uses it, he mm-hmm. likes it, he thinks it's a great product, it gave it more credibility rather than just me telling people. Trying okay. To, uh, Trying to tell people, yeah, like I had a I had a few testimonials by that point as well. Yeah, um, yeah, because you you're big on that, like yeah, you, you are sponsoring a lot of different athletes. Yeah, well, well that's the kind of thing as well. It's it started off a guy uh, Dean Riley, who's a, who at the time was an MMA fighter in Glasgow, who I was a fan of. Yeah, um, he approached me asking if I'd sponsor him. Yeah, and I, I we, we made it work. And I'm glad I did because he became the first bro athlete, as it were. (laughs) So, can I say, uh, when did you when did you start endorsements? That would be, I think I was in the 2013. I'm sure. So from the beginning, you started. Yeah, pretty much. I. I know you probably don't want to disclose figures, but like, is it expensive to endorse an athlete? Yeah, it kind of is now. Um, It wasn't at the time. Sometimes it was just free products, that kind of stuff. Okay. Like an ambassador kind of thing. So do you have like, like a yearly contract or something now? I do now, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so do, do you do you know, do you can track down sales so you know if somebody bought it through them and then you can give them more or less based on that or it's just brand, so brand awareness? It's kind of brand awareness for the guys, majority of the people, yeah. It, it works different. So I've got, all my athletes are kind of world class now. Yeah. They're all on the world stage and what they do. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Um like Lee Johnson and Jamie Coward, they're motorcycle racers. They race at the Isle of Man TT in a lot of international races. The Isle of Man TT is the world's biggest road race. Yes. It's most famous. Uh, Brooke McDonald, he races in the Mountain Biking World Cup. Uh, Lewis Rollo, he races in the British Superbikes. So that's national, obviously. Uh, James DeBille, who's a trials rider, motorcycle trials rider. He's ranked number seven in the world. Right. So it's 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 on a big level now. That's but amazing. Yeah. So you were there since they were not at this level, though. 
Yeah, some of them, yeah. Some like Lewis Rowe, I, I started helping him outside bra mm-hmm. when he was 11 years old. Wow. And he's now 20, I think. Jesus. Yeah. It's I just, it, it's, again, it's my background as road racing, motorbikes, eh, mountain bikes, motorbikes. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's my way of giving back to the scene. Yeah. Helping and, the scene. A bit. And to go see those races. As and well. to go see, yeah, totally. Do you have access to them? To the back end of stuff, yeah, like. yeah. Like it's it's funny, right? Because when I was younger, growing up, these guys were my heroes, and mm. now some of them are my good friends. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, different people, obviously. Generations yeah, change, but yeah. And the, the, the places it gets me now, like my mum, she was a massive uh, motorcycle racing fan. She loved Isle of Man TT. Right. Um, so they would watch that at home when you yeah, were yeah. there. Yeah, or they, we would go. I no remember mum and dad would take me as a kid. That's crazy. And I think I've been more times to the TT than I've not. That was like our annual holiday. That's good. Ba- tell me about it. Tell me. About it. I know this is like way back, but ah, so well, even when I was a bump before I was even born, if they I was, were already going. They, there they were too. going. Well, they were going since they were like seventeen. Yeah, they would go drive the well, ride the bikes down to Hesham, jump on the ferry, and go across. Wow. So. Yeah, that was kind of an annual holiday. We'd go to Isle Man for the TT races. Yeah. And then they were just spectators. And then once I started Braum, once I started sponsoring people, like last year, my dad and I were on the grid with grid passes. Wow. But that means that you have access to the back. Yeah. yeah. To the, what's it called? The, the pits. No. The, the pits, yeah. Yeah, yeah pits, the grandstands. It's like it's at the point where I can go and just walk into Lee Johnson's trailer, his motorhome. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Just because we're friends. I mean, your your dad must be a little bit baffled by all this. It's I think so. How man. did you even manage all this? I think so because then he's not of the generation for the internet really as well. He still struggles to send a message on Facebook. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. the, the fact that the majority of my business is done on the internet That's... and my communication is done on the internet is still he doesn't fully understand it. Right. I think he thinks I'm talking shit most of the time. <laughs> but then when I take him to these places, he's like, "Shit, this is real." Yeah. So, aye, th- like, it was mad that the, on the stand, eh, the, the, pit, eh, the the start grid, the yeah. TT, like Carl Cox was there, he's, he's got his own team, the DJ mm-hmm. Carl Cox, standing yeah. next to him, eh, loads of other celebrities are there, and it's just me and my dad kicking about as well, it was, it was really cool. That's, that must be like in a weird way is you know kind of a representation of what you built yeah and it's right there in Le Mans and like it's that kind of thing it's like it's as I said before I'm that engrossed in the brand it's hard to see the kind of accomplishments I like when you take a step back and see like I see the photos there's us on the grid with all these bikes uh and all these people and you're kicking about there in the picture yeah (laughs) it's it's that thing man like I wish my mum could see that because that's where she would have wanted to be you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. So it's cool, man. It's really cool. That that makes it extra hard. It, it does. It, like for me to hear that, like, yeah, it's yeah. extra hard. It's like, oh, it's I totally understand. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like, I guess that's maybe a drive as well. Eh? Get to that point where yeah. she'd want to be. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Wow. But it's to the point now, like walking about the pits, there's a guy, Connor Cummins, who he's uh, he stays in the Isle of Man, one of the mm. best racers. He recognised me in the pits. That's crazy. Like, yeah, he's just like, all right, John, you're for, for bra, Because eh? I sponsored Lee. And, yeah, and the Lee chat, and of yeah. course. Yeah, I was like, look at this yeah. cool guy that's sponsoring me and look what he's well, doing. That's it, like Lee Johnston, he's, he's a, a, a funny character, like, and everybody seems to know him. And I met Keith Flint at the Prodigy. I met him at the Isle of Man TT. Met no him once. Way. 
Oh, shit. I went once at the TT, uh, we chatted for a little bit, and I told him that sponsor Lee. So that was a kind of connection there. And then I was at the British Superbikes at Donington the following year, mm. and Keith recognised me. No way. I was walking past him, I was like, John, what's up? Oh, dear. I was like, shit, man, how cool is that? I was like, I grew up in his music as well. Oh, for, yeah, and I mean, they were me. massive in our yeah. age. So it kind of hit me when he died. Like, it's, yeah, no, that you know, was... I didn't know him well, but he felt a kind of connection or something. Yeah, sort, no, so. rest in peace. Yeah, yeah totally. It's so. amazing how, like, so many so many celebrities just keep man, dropping like flies, yeah, man. Scary. I mean, like, last year was hard. It was, I know. It's, uh, it's scary. And, like, it's so, so many uh, prominent figures that yeah. things that, you know, you got to figure it out and then, boom, you're out. But the thing is, like, from the outside looking in, you think they've got a great life. They probably don't. It's probably real lonely lonely life that's you know in a, in a way especially for what you do right you you could you could really spend your life grinding yeah. and building its brand to like yeah. incredible heights and mm. whatever is, is is you know beard oil or whatever other product you yeah. have but you think you need to look after your mental health oh, totally it, there is no amount of money in the world yeah. that's gonna make you feel good 100%. if you are not balanced it's incredible that's, that's that's it man as well like i've experienced burnout as well uh, a few times like when i was still working at eastern mm. and i was working like trying to build bra so i'd be yeah. working seven days a week for long stupid hours yeah it's amazing my wife's still with me <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean but uh, she's supportive so i mean she's she's like a big part of bra like she is uh, She's incredible support. I mean, speaking to her, it was it was obvious how like yeah. you know she's been there for you oh, totally. as much as you've been there for her. But like she she was really she was you know huge deal for the for the brand. And again, I, like, as a man without without a supportive partner, a lot of people say they're self made. I yeah, don't. Right. I've not really met someone who's a hundred percent self made. There's yeah, always right. somebody helping in the back. Yeah. Even if that's just emotional support or. Yeah, you know I mean? family, friends, yeah. partners. I mean, like everybody needs support. Women, yeah, totally. men, everybody. Yeah. And it's like it's like a, a partner uh, place in somebody's life. It's it's huge. You have got to be a good partner for your partner, yeah. and as much as that person be good to you, and it's like you just build it together. I told you, yeah, you're in it together, aren't you? Yeah. Because, like, when it gets hard, mm. and, uh, you know, burnout is, is a bitch. I mean, how, is, was, how was your experience with burnout? I never really knew what had happened until after the fact. Right. You know what I mean? I just I was aware I was getting down and down and down. But um, then I kind of realized it was burnout. Mm. But by that point, I kind of got a control, and I was back in the gym. And I spent a lot of my time, if I had spare time, I was in the office working. There's always something to do. You yeah. know that it's, yeah, yeah. there's always something to do, whether it's dispatching products, emails, designing stuff, anything. Like you can sit there and think of something to do. Mate, there's always something always to do. Something. Yeah, yeah. So and that's yeah. the thing. If I had spare time, I was doing something. And then I started to get down and down and get shitty mood swings. And I was just like, right, there's something happening here. So I started to pay more attention to it. And that's when I started getting back in the gym and uh, changing my diet a bit, eating a bit healthier. So that you're one of those guys that use exercise as a way out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I've, see, I've been training. I've always done some form of exercise, whether it's mm -hmm. mountain biking. Like I've done combat sports before through my teens, my twenties. I've always been fairly fit yeah. to an extent. So I think when I wasn't doing that, I just needed some sort of release. It wasn't anger or anything like that. It was just getting no, the dolphins going. Yeah. And uh, I always found that when I trained and I was exercising, I slept better. I got mm. a good night's sleep and that made a big difference. It's amazing. Hey, you just... you 
practically just talking about having a balanced life I mean, do more exercise exactly. eat better sleep yeah. better yeah. that makes a huge difference yeah i'm being more aware of that now yeah. i'm working smarter now as well oh yeah in yeah. which ways just like time planning um before if i would say i was making a batch of oils i'd make some mm. then i'd flick through facebook for a bit make some do a post on instagram make some but now the phone goes off i just hardcore make a batch yeah once that's done check emails deal with whatever i need to do take lunch go to the gym yeah try and finish at five or six there's some nights you need to work late but that sounds like that sounds good to me like you get at what time you start in the morning nine nine so you're you're in the office at yeah. nine yeah well half eight nine o'clock yeah right and then and you, you, the, the thing is you don't necessarily need to be in the office because you can get up and no. work from home if you i want could work to. from home aye, but there's always it's at the stage now there's always orders every day there's orders so you need to be there to get yeah so i need to be there at some point right but yeah i could i could work from home and then which you done already because you know i'm 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 self-employed i've been for five years now and you know working from home is a big deal i love working from home i also have an office Mm. which i'm about to leave and it's it's um it's good to get out of the house it is it's good to get out of the house and i but like it's also good to have a network of people that you hang out with that you yeah. enjoy with you know they're like in the similar but not the same job and i like the aspect of having, mm-hmm. having a, an office I, that i will miss but um the motivation to get your ass out of the house and go to the office yeah. is the hardest bit it is it is it's uh it's not anymore but at the time it was yeah you i'd make excuses like i've got a laptop i can sit i can do emails yeah. in the house but then you that's just how, that's a good pain you know you say oh, i'm gonna do some awesome emails here know, but then you don't do you sit and watch netflix in your boxer shorts so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i think that's the benchmark when you start getting off getting out of bed in your pajama and you start working straight away which is what i do when i'm a crunch week or two weeks i had to deliver something right. that's when you know it's going downhill yeah when i'd see that happening yeah. it's like crazy and then when you have a baby on top of that yeah like shower just doesn't happen for two yeah. years. Do you know what I mean? You just don't have time. Because yeah. you, you're either working or you're dealing with a baby. Of course. And like, it's crazy. Like yeah. you really need, um, a, you know, you need to be there in your mind. You need to be cool with your mind yeah. because otherwise it just goes down you very quickly. Yeah, and totally. I can totally understand why some parents struggle as we struggle as a, as a, as a young family right yeah. now. But for me, for instance, like, you know, talking about it therapy helped a lot because mm. working by yourself burnout is just around the corner you need really need to be careful not yeah, to overwork yourself so yeah. like that's what i wanted to know from you and like you saying for you is exercising exercising also took up photography as well um that's out of the blue yeah it's photography but in uh it's more portrait sense and it's okay. well being an ex graphic artist or graphic art worker yeah uh, i spent a lot of time in photoshop so I like messing about with the photos as well to an extent. So what did you get some kit to get on it? Yeah, well, well see I was spending a fortune on photo shoots as well for bra. Right. Like what you could do yourself basically. Yeah, so every time I'd get a new t shirt or a new hat, I'd have to do a photo shoot, pay the yeah. models, pay the photographer and it get quite it got quite costly. So I was like I'll teach myself how to work a camera. Yeah. So I bought a decent camera. What did you get? Uh, Canon 760D so right it's, it's not amazing but that's a good does camera. a job man yeah. does a job so I started teaching myself photography that's cool there was a person I used to work with she was a photographer so mm-hmm. she told me the basics okay and then kind of learned from there uh, and I knew how it worked Photoshop so just watched a couple of videos Easy. on YouTube yeah. and then so yeah I started getting photography so the whole 
the whole plan was to teach myself photography so I can do bra photo shoots. Right. But I've got a few friends who are alternative models and they're like, you want to do photo shoots? I was like, cool. So I started shooting my models and stuff as well. Just ran. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's cool. So a lot of my work's like gel work and colours. Yeah. And I love how you got that hands-on um, aspects of your work. It's like, it's yeah. something you can do yourself. You just, just, just do, do it. it. And just learn it. Yeah, just learn it. Because that's, yeah. that's, that's the main thing for me is about learning new stuff. Yeah. That's why I do the podcast. That's why I do everything I do. It's just, uh, how do you do this? Let's do it. It's let's do it. Learning it. Yeah. See what goes. Hey, you learn. That was the thing with the, the vlog as well. I've done the daily vlog. I started that. In, yeah. Shit, I can't remember. 2017, I think I started that. And uh, the whole thing was, as I said off air, that yeah. I used to hate talking to people in public. Mm. Just, I wasn't confident in my voice or anything like that and afraid I was going to say the wrong thing. So yeah. I would never really speak to people that much. I never wasn't that good with girls or that at school, you know? So right, okay. The confidence wasn't there. Yeah, well, I can relate to that. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I got asked to do a public speaking gig and I was scared, but I was like, stuff it, let's just do it. So I said, yes. And then I'm yeah. committed. I've got to do it after got that. To and then I started doing the daily vlog, and that helped yeah. a lot. Just talking to a camera. Yeah, um, yeah. We're talking about that because I, yeah, I mean, I'd done daily vlogs for three months. Right. And before then, I was doing like structured, scripted, yeah, uh, sort of videos, yeah. sort of vlogs. You know, every week, and I enjoyed it. But like, it, it just took too much of my life. It does. It does. Because by the time you film and edit, that's three, four hours a day gone. Yeah. And you, every time you film, it became, because I was doing like daily, you know, walk into the meeting and I would stop uh, and talk to the camera. Yeah. And then I'm working in the office with the guys and it became like finding what to film. So my life became a lot more, oh, this is this is content, you yeah, know? I was, and, yeah, I was the same. Yeah, so I, I always advise people, if you want to do daily content or documenting what you're doing, which is fine, you know, a lot of businesses do it. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily like work for all businesses. It might not work for yours. Mm. And just get hire a guy, yeah. To get somebody to just follow you around with the camera, yeah. Even if you do it like you know weekly, you have mornings, yeah. just a part time dude that comes over two three mornings a week, and yeah. you do a weekly video. That makes sense, man. Because like I was doing the daily vlogs, and I was struggling to find stuff to do. Like when I go to shows, it's cool. Yeah, but, but when you're in your office, I was in my office doing emails. Is like, I can I film yeah. this? It's crap. Yeah, you need to. You know what it, it is like. You got to find the story you're telling exactly so yeah. every week you have to have a new new content uh, you feel like you're drawing blood out of stone sometimes it's, yeah. it's hard eh? so i gave up on the daily vlogs and i just started doing weekly which makes more sense yeah but then it was just it was only like on days that something interesting was happening yeah um so that's what i'm doing at the moment yeah kind of one a week when you left your nine to five yes and you went full-time bro yeah were you making enough money for yourself to leave or did you take a leap I took a leap. It was a massive cut in pay. It was a cut in pay on your side. Yeah, and that but was still, you know, still get by. We still pay the mortgage yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a, compared to what I was getting paid, yeah. uh, getting paid, it's yeah, it was a massive cut. But I'm still paying the bills. Uh, I get to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Yeah. Um, I can work when I want. I say that, but I'm busy all the time. Yeah. Well, but you know what I mean. I can like, yeah. I can take days off if I need to. And if you hire somebody, you, you could even more take yeah. a bit more time for yourself. No, but yeah. like, that was 2015. Uh, no, that was 2018. I went 18. So last yes. year, yeah, last you went full time on this. Yeah. And since you went full time, did you notice a, like a boost in sales? Yeah. Or in, yeah, totally. The, I left at Christmas in 2017. Uh, left my full time job. Yeah. Um, January 2018 
the start of it was fairly quiet mm-hmm. and I started to panic. <laughs> the the but then, fear. But yeah, but then it was just, it was unfounded. Like I look back at the chart from 2017 mm-hmm. and it was the same. The start of January was quiet. Okay. Well, that's because the, people spend all their money in Christmas. Well, yeah, that was, that was yeah. it, man. That was it. it. And the, the end of January was busy. Now, February was busier, and then it just got busy and busy and busy. So we have our annual party in February as well, so that's good for exposure. And uh, That's the championship. Yeah, championships are probably Did we talk about the championship? No, we didn't. We didn't talk. Okay, we'll talk about the championship. Today. Yeah. So that's I, the Broby the Moustache Championship. That's our annual party. Yeah. It's a beard moustache competition. Which Glasgow. you started from scratch. I started from scratch, yeah. we There wasn't one in Scotland. Um, we were the first one to put one on. Right. I think there was talk of other ones, but it never happened. Yeah. Um, so we were the first one to put one on. We were the brower, one of the main sponsors on the British Beard and Moustache Championship in 2016. That was in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So we were one of the main sponsors. And I, I've i got the Brotherhood community, and they were mm-hmm. always saying to me, we need to do a party, we need to do a party. And it's like, all right, okay, I've got to think of the logistics to do one. Yeah. So once we've seen the British, I spoke to the guys who put that show on. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, we can give you a hand. We can supply manpower yeah. and the judges. So that's what we've done. So so they, they were event organizers, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not their job, but they know how to put one they on. They know how to so, put yeah. Together, yeah. So that was 2017. That's bang on. It made it so easy for you because you just say, okay, well, I want to do this. Yeah. How much do you need? And let's do it. Well, I, I never paid them. They like I put all the money up myself. Uh, they just came up. For beer, really. They never took money. They just what sound, uh, sound the, nice. the Liver Beards, that's who it is. The Liver Beards Beard and Moustache Club. They're an awesome bunch of guys. Amazing. Yeah. So they came up, helped me put the event on for beer money, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they took over the judging as well. Yeah. So I've got nothing to do with judging. So I just put my brand on the, on the line, really. Yeah. Because it could have went wrong. Right. It, it yeah. was the first time it happened in Scotland. But never, it was a massive party. Everybody loved it. The TV... Uh, invited us on live at five on STV. Ended yeah, that's up, awesome. Now done that uh, after the the event. Ended up in all the papers, and it sold out that time. Uh, the next one was in two thousand eighteen. It sold out and got international competitors. How many? How many people sold out? Is uh, three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah. Okay. And then this year in February, it sold out again. Three hundred again. Yeah. And 2020, are you increasing the numbers? No, same so again. 300. So yeah. you're keeping it sh- small. Right? Yeah, I like to keep it exclusive. It's, exclusive, yeah. yeah. It's like I could get a bigger venue, but... So do people buy tickets and they get yeah. like a goodie bag or they just buy tickets to come so, and hang out and then they buy products there if you want to? Yeah, so the, there's two tickets. There's a spectator ticket, mm-hmm. which gets you in. There's a live band as well, so you get to watch a band for the money. Which is punk rock slash metal slash it's like rock, rock music, yeah. 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 They're inoffensive, which is good. Inoffensive. Yes. It's one of the Bra Ambassadors, so oh, right, they're okay. a decent band. Uh, the King Lot, who so get more traction. Like They're getting bigger and bigger. Good. It's good good music And as they're well. part of the Broad team. So yeah, they're part of the Broad team, awesome. yeah. yeah. Uh, so they play. Uh, so the Spectator ticket gets you in yeah. for the Beard show and then watch them. But there's a competitor ticket as well. That's a bit more expensive because right, okay. you get a goodie bag with that as well. Do you get like photo shoot as well? Or? I, there's a, a, yeah, there's a portrait photo shoot there. Portrait. Do you do the... the, the I don't do the photography. No, I've just okay. not got time. So I get yeah. people in to do that. They do a better job than I do. <laughs> anyway. Much better job. So and then this videographer comes and videos the whole so event. So do you have a video to yeah, 2018? Yeah, it's, on, it's on YouTube. Is it? 17, right, 18 to. and 19 is on okay, YouTube. Okay, I'll have a look at it. I totally yeah. missed that. We don't know. There was a news 
channel came this year as well. Done an interview for the news. It was like a five minute segment. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Put me on the spot. Like, it didn't really tell me what they were going to talk about. But again, I love the fact that, right, when I speak to business people or yeah. people that start a business, and it's when it's all about this, it's like, oh, you know, I had an idea. I just want to do it. And I did it. And yeah. like, I spoke to uh, Bros Bagels in Edinburgh. Ah, and they, yeah. they kind of like the same kind of rock and roll vibe. You know, yeah, they yeah. just went off and did it. And she she was a comedian. No, she is, still is a comedian. Ah. She was an actress slash comedian before. Yeah. And, and, um, <clears throat> Just to see their brand did so well. Yeah, that's just awesome. because she 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 loved bagels. Yeah. She's like, I came here as no bagel shop. And, yeah. You know, just after seven years, I, I opened my own, yeah. and like that's it. She loved bagels, and that is on fire right now. Oh, I don't know. So they're doing so well. I opened the just open a third one. They're probably gonna open another one. Yeah. Um. But the so when I see people like yourself, you know, you just did it. It uh. just went off. Like it's not like you did anything special. No. Meaning that's like you know you just put your products out. People exactly. liked it. Not much. It's just hard work, really. You just keep grinding away. Just consistency. Just keep doing. But like the the thing I really enjoyed about Bro Beard is how you build the brand. Yeah. And it's again, you haven't done anything special. You're yeah. just being yourself. Yeah. You just being not even talking that much. Like you, because the vlog is is new and mm. the the public speaking is new too. Yeah. So like before then, you managed to build this with practically like a, a handful of products. Yeah. And just. Is elbow it, grease. That's <laughs> exactly it. Just elbow grease, man. It's just being yourself. Like, I've seen it. There's, there's so many brands. So, Bra, I don't know, man. Bra looks, it's a good brand. But, yeah. there's a lot of people, I see people trying to replicate it. Of course, of course. There's always going to be copycats. There's no there, way there is, man. There's copycats, but they fail because they're not me. They're not you. The essence the, is missing. Yeah? Uh, they're trying to build a brand. They're trying to build their brand based mm. on my image yeah based on my kind of lifestyle it's not going to happen if somebody's going to build a brand you got to build it on your own yeah. lifestyle not everybody's going to have a, a mountain bike accident nah, do you know what i mean no nah, that that probably helped the story helps with public speaking and stuff well this, that's what people buy into yeah it was people, a story people love the story yeah that's it's like if, if you know i like my next beard oil is going to be yours not because well like because you're around the corner but like because i like your story because uh, i like you yeah. you know i like you, yeah, you buy into the store. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. buy. I'm gonna buy the sunglasses. It looks amazing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but like because it's it's yours. Yeah, I think that's important. It's 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 what brand used to. Do, but like you know, your Nike, right, or whatever Apple, whatever massive yeah. brand, you spend millions a year. Yeah. To make your brand appear. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like it means something. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. That's what I do as a job. Like right. I'm trying to help people make the brand mean something. Mm. And you, that's what you did. You make your brand mean something because you made it yourself. Yeah. Just. Yeah, it's just based on my lifestyle. And the last, the last question. So you remember we were talking about <clears throat> this two months. You know, you, you you left your job and January was a bit low. Then February yeah. picked up, March picked up. Yeah. You said that you seen an increase in sale or in in in, in like revenue for yes. that year that you went full time. That was the, the the best selling year. What did you do to make it a best selling year? I just had. I, I guess I just had more time, and I was. See, like when I was working full time job as well. Mm -hmm. Anytime I got an email, I'd respond to it right there and then, mm -hmm. and it probably wasn't the best responses. It was just off the cuff, right? Whereas when I had more time, I could think about it a bit better, word it a bit better, and then also it gave me more time to be more creative with social media and do the vlog and do proper photo shoots, and it gave me more time. So I was producing better content, I guess. Right. Which I think that's what I've done, man. 
just producing better content. I mean, you're being so. constant on Instagram. Yeah. And your Instagram story is literally like something you're packing for someone. Take a picture. That's pretty much it, man. It's the, so, yeah, Instagram stories is pretty much the orders getting printed, the labels getting printed. Yeah. Then each individual order. Yeah. And then the postage bags at the end of the day, ready for dispatch. Yeah. Because I get so many customers messaging me saying, oh, that's my order, that's my order. And then they know what's going to be with them tomorrow. That is so smart yeah it's, it's cool so it's such a simple like seriously how many how many brands could do that everybody could do that yeah literally it's a picture easy. put it into instagram story. my face isn't in the picture so no, you never. could have some random guy in a warehouse doing it for you and like the, the thing is right i i don't necessarily care so i want to go through your story i just go like ta 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 done yeah but for somebody if i had bought an order that's my order yeah but i never obviously i don't put their name and address on it no but people know what they've ordered yeah you know what i mean so it's so smart to so you also this peace of mind for people to know oh that's my order it's coming well that's it it's coming it's they know to look out for it tomorrow so yeah it works so simple yet so obvious but again no one told me to do that it's just it's like, oh, fuck it, I'll give it a shot and see what happens and it, it's working, so. And it's like the, the least, like, the, le- there is nothing going on. You're not it's talking, not, so there's basic. no music. Yeah. It's, it's it's just a picture. Yeah. But The thing I do do is when I'm printing the labels, I tag whatever yeah. music I'm listening to, I tag that I tell you tag the track, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because I get that, I used, to, I used to put music in the vlogs back early on. Yeah. And it was only like a few seconds, but people would keep messaging saying, what's that song? Right, yeah. So I don't do it anymore in the vlogs, but I do it on in Instagram and I tag the band and the name of the song, just yeah. so people know. Again, but, simple, you know. Yeah. But like you're so consistent with it. I think consistency mm-hmm. is what doing it. Like, oh, totally. Since I've been following you on Instagram, which was December, you've probably done it every day. Yeah, I think so, man. I think and, so. Ah, yes, man, you need to call it. It was, cool. uh, thanks you, thank you very much for no, coming. It's been dude. awesome. It's been great. Yeah. It's well, I'm saying, man, time. we could sit and talk for ages. For ages. For yeah. ages. We haven't we touched like, part I, two. We just like literally touched on almost everything. Um, yeah. There's so much more we can talk about. But yeah, there's a few funny stories as well, man. I'll write them down. Cause, Do you? Yeah. What funny stories? And that's what I'm thinking. Like, at the moment, I can't really, th- well, there's a few, but I can't see them on air. Right. Uh, but there's a few that I can. But I can't really think of the full details at the moment. We'll do it again but, then, right? Yeah, we'll do part two. We'll do another. Point. We'll do part two. So yeah. something in the future. I need to write them down because I'll forget. Please do. Yeah. I mean, you know, you need those because the next time you do because you know, like I can see the story you're telling. You yeah. know that by heart, right? Ah, you yeah. say the same yeah. exact sentences yeah. every single time. Yeah. Right. So that's great. But like, you know, you need to have the stories in. So. Oh man, I know. I'm trying to think. You need to have like an act, like a bit. You do like a twenty minutes. There's bit. always there's always something funny happens wherever we go. So. Somebody just needs to say an event and I would think of something. I'm trying to think. Of well, it's not a funny story, right? But the Isle of Man TT, we were over there last year. Mm-hmm. This isn't funny in the slightest, but it's how the communities, how the brotherhoods came together, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a few customers on the Isle of Man. Okay. Uh, there's a guy, Jay Young, who reached out to me when I was over at the TT. Right. And he said, I had, so the racing finished on the Friday. I was mm-hmm. there for the Saturday and I was leaving on Sunday night. And Jay does drifting, like car drifting, you know, like Fast and Furious. Stuff. Of course he does, yeah. 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 For fun. For fun, yeah. yeah. So he says, my drifting clubs... Uh, He's got a drifting club. Yeah. Of course. He says, yes. my, dr- my drifting clubs have an event on Sunday. Do you want to come? Uh, so I was like, cool, we'll go down and watch, definitely. So me and my can, da- we, can we remind people how big is the Iron Man? Uh, it is, I think it's 38 miles long by 11 miles wide or something. And there is a drifting club on it. Yeah. 
good drifting clubs. There's, there's a lot of racetracks in the Isle of Man. So right, is well, that what it is? This yeah. one's at Jerby. Uh, Jerby, it's a racetrack. They have like motorcycle events there as well. So all the racer heads leaving. Exactly, all the petrol heads right, even okay. there. So yeah, Jay got in touch and he says, look, if you're free on Sunday, come yeah. around to Jerby and uh, we're having a drifting day. <laughs> we're having a drifting I'm, day. I'm sorry, Jay, I don't know what the, the official term is. but And you were like, yeah, I'm out for some like, drifting. Yeah, stuff, yeah. I'll go. And uh, so I went around. I think I thought we were just going to watch. Yeah. Jay's like, you want to get in the car? So I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, of course. So yeah. I jumped in the car. Uh, I had a helmet with me. Did you drive or were you? No, there? I wasn't okay. driving, man. I crash it. Right. But uh, I, so I put my helmet on, obviously, and uh, jumped in the car with Jay. And it was just awesome, man. I've never been in a drift car before. And uh, I was eh? So we just starting about sliding about the, the track. And I've got a video of it. It's on he YouTube was somewhere. sliding about the track. Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. But that's just, that, that's the community. Like, he knew it was an Isle Man. So yeah. he sent me a message and says, look, come along and hang out with us. I know, but you're also open to this stuff. Because you could have said like, ah, sorry, mate. I've got so much to do. I can't come. Yeah. But he said, you're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Ah, fuck it, let's do it. Well, the, the thing, I've always been... If somebody gives me an opportunity, if somebody pre- presents me with an opportunity that I don't think is going to happen again, yes, I'll the jump at it. Yeah. yeah, it was like Fred. I went over to stay with Fred uh, in 2014. Right. I went to stay. I can say that because it's documented. It was in newspapers yeah. and stuff. Uh, he invited me over to Hollywood mm-hmm. for a few days. Eight hours later, I was on a plane. Yeah, he said when Fred says, uh, "Oh, thirst," it says, "Oh, would you kind of do, do you want to come and hang out?" The answer is yes. Yeah, totally. So, what am I doing this week? Clear my schedule. I, well, that's exactly that weekend. <laughs> it was uh, it was a week early. Eight hours later, I was on a flight. <laughs> you're, like, you're gonna pack lots of order this week. <sighs> have a good one. Oh, felt bad about that. But <laughs> she must have been awesome. She must have been like, go have fun. Yeah. I'll take care of it. Yeah, I've been spoken about uh, like a few weeks before that it might happen. Yeah. So. All right. So you knew. Yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, contingency in place. Aye, totally. So smart. But it was funny because. There's a story. So here's a story. Uh, so again, it's a short one. Uh, so yeah, he was like, "You want to come over?" So uh-huh. as soon as we hung up the phone, I booked flights. Yeah, uh, I had to be on a plane in eight hours' time. Right. And then it comes up once you've booked your flights to America. It comes up. Have you got your ESTA? The visa. Yeah. So Did you like, have your ESTA? No, because I hadn't been in America for a few years. So yeah, I was like, "Shit, I've not got an ESTA." So what do you need to do? Applied for you just apply for the ESTA, but yeah. it says it can take seventy-two hours. To be processed. Oh no! You're I'm, flying shit, like I'm gonna tomorrow. be in the states and like, <laughs> yeah. I'll be coming home in seventy-two hours. You know what <laughs> I'll I mean? Be back so, here. Thankfully, it cleared in about four hours' time, but I was panicking. Like, imagine, like, imagine, imagine you didn't get that for the visa. You would have been like, no, nah. fly all the way there, get to the gate in America, and they're like, nope, can't come in. Because you could have flew. You would have flew. I could have flown. I could have flown. 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 Yeah. Anyhow, you would have gone. You I would have gone. Like, I. Worst comes to worst, I'm flying back home. I'm exactly. spending two hours, two days in the, in the airport. <laughs> two, two, two hours in LA. So, I, I, yeah, so that happened. But, yeah. Not, <laughs> that's like it's a, not madness. This is the worst story to end this. I know, but shit. I think I know. Here's a story on how I, I almost didn't get a visa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was shit, wasn't it? This is the best story to end the podcast though. Did right, so people can find you at yeah. brobeardoils.com. Brobeard, right? Yeah, brobeardoils.com, Right. Brobeard.com. Instagram same place. Brobeard. Brobeard Oils Instagram. Is that what it's called? Brobeard Brobeard Oils. 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 Facebook's Brobeard Oils as well. Yeah. Twitter is Brobeard Oil. Because mm-hmm. I made a mistake. And I'm in too deep now, so you can't change. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so you over there, you forgot the S. I forgot the S. 
Oh, but, you might still like on that late night. So, ah, screw it. I need no, these. Well, I need back, Twitter. That, that was back before I had an Instagram. Yeah, that's what I mean. You must open and think, oh, God, I need Twitter. You yeah. just open it and then you think about it. I don't think, no. That happens. It does. So, yeah, Snapchat, YouTube, you. them as yeah. well. thing is, like, in these days, you just go, if you're looking for someone on Twitter, you just search for it. That's it, man. It yeah, comes up. Go bro beard and that's it. Boom. It comes up. Bim bam bosh. You're not going to miss it. It's a big skull, so. Yeah, and it's also like, it's the way this skull, you made the skull, you know, it's quite a peculiar way of did it. You did it. So, yeah. And it's a three quarter and it's, it looks like a skull, yeah, but it also look like an 80s. Somebody drew the school in the eighties. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. I just I, I was kind of sitting watching TV and just drew it pencil on paper and that's it. Yeah, then redone it in Illustrator afterwards. And it's like the um, Forty in Glasgow. Yeah. The guy, do you know? Do you know the brand? Forty. Yeah, I think I do. Is yeah. his his son drew the monster on a piece of paper? Oh, right, yeah. yeah, and that became his logo. His, his m- main piece of graphic. Yeah. When he told me this, I was like. That's lovely. That is cool. That's yeah. really cool. And he's the, the coolest guy you, you, you can meet. So it's, 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 it's cool that your son drew it as well. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It just went like, you did it, it's cool, I like it. Let's, Let's run it. with it. And it's working. Great story. Brilliant. Yeah, very, very good, very smart. John Jackson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me. No worries, it's been awesome. And um, I'll see you soon then. Yeah, definitely. Right. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening, guys. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. 